Kia ora, good morning and welcome to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast and it is a Thursday Israel and uh, it is a big day in your household isn't it? Um, uh, the wife's birthday, yeah, she's uh, having a special day today which is which is cool, we're going to start it off this morning, post a show, uh, I think uh, my neighbour's organised something for us to to get into and then we're just going to make a nice wee day of it, I was busy yesterday just getting everything sorted and went out and organised presents and uh so we're gonna have a good couple of days with uh, with the wife. She doesn't want to make a big fuss about it, but uh, you turn thirty six, you you gotta you gotta celebrate it. So yes, today's a huge day. It's a big week actually. We had our wedding anniversary the other day. We got engaged yesterday, and well, today's her birthday. So probably the right. And then Christmas is coming up. Hey, <laughs> can't keep up. Hang on, you said it was mm. wedding anniversary, and then you said you got engaged. Yeah, so when I got engaged nine years ago, it was yeah. the 13th. Right. We got married on the 12th. Right. And then it's her birthday on the 14th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a lot going on in, in, the, in about three days. So yeah, it was all planned. It's all planned. It's all planned, planned from the day. Yep. Yeah, yeah, nice. Oh, yep. I was going to ask you, because uh, when you were saying, oh, you know, big week, I was like, is, is, it, mm. a, is it a special milestone? I thought, I can't ask that because it's, you know, you're not supposed to say what <laughs> ladies' ages are um, when, when you're talking about it. And then you just roll it out there. Oh, it's okay. She she won't be afraid of that. We're 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 creeping up onto forty, you know. And I hear your forties are, are magical years. So look, I'm I'm a couple of years away. I'm thirty six next June. So creeping up. Forties um, the new twenty one. They I'm, reckon. Yeah, well, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, they reckon forties is. You know, your life's a little bit more stable. Your kids are a little bit older, so a little bit easier. You're at, you get your life back a little bit, and you can start enjoying yourselves. Whereas, twenties or, or thirties, you're in the trenches, aren't you, with young kids, just trying to keep on top of the bills and life. So, forties creeping up. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, mate, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's in the it's in Am the. Am I looking view. forward to it? What do you reckon, Rick? Oh, you, yeah. you've been there. I've been there, mate. It's, I was going to say it's when in the I say been mirror. there, you, you pass there. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking at <laughs> the rearview mirror, going, I remember that. I remember that. Uh, no. Am I right? Was yeah. it fun? No, it was good, mate. It was good. Good. It was yeah, yeah. We had a great, had a great time. Had a great old time mm. uh, in my forties. So there you go. But uh, now I'm having a great old time in my fifties. So it just, ah. it just it just rolls on, dagger. Just rolls on, mate. It's a, it's too. Do you when you get into your fifties? Um, I look at Daisy's mum and dad. We yeah. spoke to them yesterday, and they were snoring on the couch at seven o'clock. Is that is it? You just get a little bit more tired, and and you know, is that is that how it comes? You you you're a residuous uh, napper through throughout the day. No, I don't. No. I, don't I don't nap generally. Um, mm. But then, okay. I, I see. Like I, I probably I hit the sack probably. About nine nine thirty, mainly because of this job. Because mm. I'm naturally a night owl. I'm not, like if I was just doing normal nine to fiver, yeah, I'd be hit the sack about midnight. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so yeah, just. A- oh, so was I. Don't worry. Don't get me wrong. I was at least yeah eleven o'clock when I was playing rugby. <laughs> no kids. <laughs> We'd have a day off on Tuesday, Wednesday. And Daisy and myself, we'd probably get up at 11.30 on a day off, go for lunch, go home, relax. You know, training weeks, you get up an hour before you're going to get into training. Oh, life was easy, but now I'm oh. up at like 4.30. 
bed at eight thirty nine. So those, so those, <laughs> those calls we make now, where you're like, so it's a guys in your old situation, going, "Hey, mate, do you want to get up and talk to us at five past seven? And they're like, "No chance." You, you can relate, <laughs> yeah. So I can relate to why we struggle to get a lot of players up early because I was that guy. That, that's why I can understand their mentality because when I had an opportunity to go talk to the media, I'm like, "Hell no." No chance. I'm not getting up at that time. Tell them, nah. I'd <laughs> find any excuse. So I'm on the other side now, and yeah. I'm trying to. And I'm really frustrated, and I'm understanding, and now it all makes sense because karma. Karma. Karma comes back to bite Karma. you in well, the backside. It's, it's been it's been pretty good because uh, you've managed to uh, pull a couple out of the hat today, mate. A couple of guests, couple yeah. of big guests. Yeah. Uh, got a chat to Liam Messam. Um, just Liam Messam's taken on a, a new role with the Chiefs uh, alongside John O'Gibbs uh, with Clayton McMillan. They've got Marty Burke. So they've they're really added to their coaching ranks and, and their stock. So Liam Messam, the most capped Chief ever, and just got some uh, mana about him back in in that area. So we're going to really have a good catch-up with him, see what this role entails. You know, as this also always been on the cards and – Basically, chat about his future in boxing. He's undefeated. Mm. He looks pretty good. He's fought some pretty competitive boxers. Um, you know, what's the next step for, for Liam Messam going forward? So we'll have a chat to Liam. We're going to also talk to Billy Steadman, who's playing today and chasing the Fox. We spoke to Foxy yesterday. If you missed that, make sure you head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the podcast and have a listen there. He was great chat, actually. He talked about his career to date, you know, playing in America, the difference from playing in Europe into America, and also talked about the format which is uh, taking place today up in Auckland, chasing the Fox. Billy Steadman, surfer, plays off for of 18. He's obviously looking to, to head to the Olympics. I think they're um, competing in Chopu. Well, there's plenty going on over there. A lot of politics happening in Chopu at the moment. We won't, we'll try not to touch on that, but uh, we'll have a chat to him about his future. So a big show. we also got Paul Eiffel. Coming on to talk some football, Rick Dahl. Yeah, Paul, he's just been named uh, Wellington Olympics new boss. They're the current national mm. champions. And so it'd be good to get his take on Auckland City played at the uh, Club World Cup yesterday. They got well beaten in the end, 3-0, uh, mm. by a team loaded with, with guys like N'Golo Kante and Karim Benzema and Fabinho and all that lot. Uh, so yeah, that's a challenge that he might have to be in charge of this time next year. So we'll talk to him about that. We'll also uh, get his take on where New Zealand football is at at the moment and talk some Champions League because he's a big Newcastle fan. And Newcastle have got a must-win game today against AC Milan if they want to progress to the last 16 of the Champions League. Mm. So, yeah, lots to Beautiful. talk about with Paul Eiffel. You know, you know he once played in an FA Cup final. Do you know that? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't actually. Sorry. No. 2004 FA Cup final against Manchester United. Wow. Yeah, when he was playing Don't at Millwall. Don't started on them. Yeah, well, that, that was when they were good. That was when they were good, mate. <laughs> uh, tell you what, I, I, had, um, a, I had a look at yesterday. Yeah. I, was, I was talking to um, uh, Richard Beck, uh, who is the uh, media manager for the Warriors yesterday. He's a big Manchester United fan. So I was like, did you mm. watch the game this morning? And he said, no, I missed it. I was like, oh, you didn't miss much, mate. Uh, but uh, we were t- t- 10 players missing. Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford, Anthony Martial, Victor Lindelof, Christian Eriksen, Casemiro, Mason Mount, Lissandro Martinez, Aman Diallo and Tyrell Malasia all missing, injured, all suspended. And then Harry Maguire went off injured the first half yesterday. Luke Shaw went mm. off with an injury at half time. There's as many as 13 missing for this weekend against Liverpool. So 
when you put it in perspective, they were quite competitive considering going down one 0 at home against Bayern. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah? I mean, neither side. So you're, you're happy a lot. because I was reading, and I was like, oh, they're getting booed off the park. Bayern Munich, uh, you know, fans are, are giving it to the players. There's, there was plenty. I don't watch the match, but obviously saw the result, and yeah, I got a sense that everyone's fed up. Well, there was, wasn't a lot created, but to be fair, mm. Bayern didn't create a lot either. So it was a bit of a stalemate okay. of a match, but United had to win it to have any chance, and they, uh, you know, they really never got close to, to scoring. So it was a bit of a stalemate on that front. But yeah, to be fair, with the amount of players out, uh, I thought a one nil loss. I mean, you don't want to lose any game, but I was like, it was still nil all with about twenty minutes to go, and I was like, I'm surprised we're still in this, to be honest. Um, mm. But there you go. That's uh, that's another story. We'll talk to Paul Eiffel about that. I'm sure he has got a take on that as well. Let's get into our uh, triple threat. Is we've got a, a few computer problems at the moment, so we don't have the sound effects, but we do have uh, the information to talk about. Uh, here is uh, the three big questions for today. One, I've got to ask you about this. Ever seen opposition fans back a player from the other team? Because Nikola Jokic yesterday was ejected. Uh, from the game in, in the NBA at the end of the second quarter against the Bulls in Chicago. And the Chicago fans booed the officials for ejecting him, even though he played for the mm. other team. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've never seen that, no. I've never seen... Uh, look, fans want the best players to be be on the part. That's an entertainment game, and they pay tickets to go see it. I remember... Uh, a video of a player, a young kid who had just paid tickets to travel to Miami to go watch Jimmy Butler play, and he'd travel a long distance, gets there, and Jimmy Butler was rested that game. And <laughs> this kid was in tears. Jimmy Butler comes out and, and gives him a singlet and signs it, takes photos with him. A wonderful touch. But, no, I've, I've never seen that, and I don't understand. Uh, was it a fair uh, ejection? Uh, or was it quite controversial? Well, it was a bit controversial. Jokic, like he he basically swore at an official, you know, mm. for for a non call basically, and he said yep. afterwards that he was sorry for having said. It. He said I did it, but he said that sometimes I can say that and nothing happens. So mm. it's inconsistencies. Like basically, he said I crossed the line, uh, and he said, but sometimes it's not even a technical. I've crossed the line, I understand that, but sometimes that word doesn't cross the line. It is what it is, I don't understand it. Because of the current situation with athletes and, and referees, mm. are the NBA paving the way or, or, or showing the way that potentially sport could go to in terms of talking and answering back to referees? I know there's been a lot of ejections in regards to referees, a little bit of chat coming mm. from players, and as soon as they hear something, they just turn and do the old... You're gone. You're gone. Get out of here. See you later. And they're making a stance. And I know there's a bit of an uproar about this because, wow, they're losing the best players for minor indiscretions, really. You get away with that at home from your kids answering back to you, you know. You, you get a little bit angry, but you ain't going to send them to the room. Is this a bit too far? Or is this the way of sport right now? What do you feel, Ricardo? Because they're probably paving the way for for officials' treatment out on the park. Yeah, so well, it's a hot topic at the moment. It is a hot topic at the moment. You're right. I mean, I, 
I do wonder how aware the NBA are of what's going on in Turkish football or in the rugby world. Mm. Um, but yep. I, I think there is a certain amount of that. You've got to protect the integrity and protect the protect the uh, the officials, and they've always been big on that. The NBA. So mm. uh, you know what it sounds like. It sounds like you need to send your kids to their room more often. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> well, just just on that, like I I've been guilty of it, answering back to a ref, giving him a bit of tongue in cheek. What would you feel at home? I know rugby and, and sending off and losing players for 20 minutes is, is horrible at the moment. We want the best players on the park. But referee safety, referee's treatment, respecting our refs is probably a hot topic at the moment. If you've given them more power to flick a player off or a bit of back chat or a bit of this or a bit of that, would that set an example? Well, I think would get- that stop? Wasting time and, and so on. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think they, may, they maybe need to bring that uh, the the tolerance level down just to make a point. You know, they're talking yeah. about having a, uh, a a sin bin in football. Looks like they're going to trial it in I don't know what mm. league, but they're going to trial it in a league that's competitive or a competition that's competitive. Uh, so uh, and then and see how it goes. But yeah, sin bin ten minute sin bin for abusing officials. We'll see how that goes and see if that works. Mm. Whether other sports will pick it up. Beautiful. All right, here is uh, number two for you, Izzy. Uh, Usman Khawaja won't be allowed to play in the first test against Pakistan if he wears shoes with messages of support for Palestine on them, uh, which got me thinking about where's the line, because the more I read into this, I was like, I don't understand. Uh, it's it's not like they are particularly... Well, it's not like they're not anti-Israel. They don't even mention Palestine. Mm. Um, it says on his shoes... Uh, all lives matter on one shoe, and the other one is freedom is a human right. Oh, look, I, I think everyone has a voice, and, and I've got no qualms or no worries about someone representing their beliefs. Um, if that's the way they want to go about it, so be it. Like, yeah, he's not being really directive against the war and 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 Israel to an extent, but he's shown he's saying what a lot of people are saying, really. It is horrible what's happening over over there. I, I, like some of the images come out. I don't want to get into it, but mate, it's it's so concerning. And for him to wear his heart in his sleeve and represent what he believes in, I got no qualms about it. Go do it. Yeah. You're on the biggest stage. You are a, a role model. You're in. You've got your own brand. Like no one owns Usman Khawaja. Yes, he plays for Australian cricket, cricket, but he is Usman Khawaja. He is himself, and he owns his brand, his uh, his image. So if, if that's the case, go do it. Yeah. So We've got no qualms about He's it. been told that it's against ICC regulations, so Cricket Australia have asked him not to do it. He's agreed, but he's going to fight It's just politics, it. you know, and yeah. in sport, people people have control. You know, it's like the current case with, with rugby in New Zealand. When you're in the All Blacks, you have to wear a certain brand of, of footwear. You have to drive a certain car. We've seen Artie Savia. Well, flip the script on that. So the reality is no one owns you. 100%. Yes, they pay your wages and, and you have a contract with them, but you are your own person and I feel like you should be able to share your own concerns. Yeah, because I think and, back and to, you know, Josh Cronfeld playing the French mm. and having the no nukes thing on his headgear. Remember that? Mm. Um, yeah. You know, and I I know that was, you know, a few years ago now, but it, it feels like that, that is a personal statement. And, and I mean, that was probably more political than what Usman Khawaja's doing. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, look, it's... It's sad, but, mate, be yourself. That's what you believe in. 
Represent it. Represent it. All right, mate. And then number three on our big uh, question for the day, and this is probably the biggest one of them all, the New Zealand Rugby Awards are on tonight. Mm. Mm. They have a Team of the Year award. Should yep. the All Blacks win Team of the Year at the New Zealand Rugby Awards? Yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, from where they were and where they got to, you have to be really proud of that. That comes so close to probably arguably the, the greatest World Cup win to ever because no one predicted it. And they come close from one point, but they, they never won it. And they'll be absolutely gutted from that. So for me, they'll get a, a pat on the back. But I, I, if I'm going to pick a team of the year, I'll probably go the Taranaki Bulls. If I'm going to pick a New Zealand team of the year. Uh, Taranaki Bulls a couple of years ago were last in the competition. Um, Neil Barnes, picks from within the region, unearths a lot of talent from the area, hardly ever goes out and, and um, recruits from outside the region, grows from within, and to be able to get the result over my beloved Hawks Bay, I think I'd give it to the Bulls. Or you could potentially make a case for the Northland Cody, you know, the Northland yeah. women's team that were terrible a couple of years ago, and they've now been promoted to the top league, and they're going to play against the top teams in the, in the Farah Palmer Cup. So there's a couple of cases there that where you can pick in New Zealand. If the All Blacks had got the job done, dead set, but they, they just fell short. So, look, I might be proven wrong later on tonight. When is it tonight? Yeah, it's tonight. It's tonight. I can tell you yeah. who they're up against, the team of the year. Whereas like, I'm just scrolling through to find the team of the year. Where are we? Said all teams in black eligible, so it's only it's only New Zealand teams, isn't it? Uh, oh yeah, the New Zealand team of the year. So the All Blacks, all teams in black eligible. Yeah, you're right. So I was because I was mm. thinking they'd be up against the Crusaders and South Canterbury and Taranaki and things like that. Yeah. So the Adidas National Men's Team of the Year: Crusaders, Bulls, South Canterbury. I'd go the Bulls. The Adidas National Women's Team of the Year you got the Storm Cody Mata Two. I'd go the Cody, and then well, the Adidas New Zealand Team of the Year. You'd have to say the Blackfern Sevens would be close. Yeah, um, winning that competition. They won the the series World Series last year, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yep. So I'd probably say the Blackfern Sevens will win that. Yeah. There you go. Keen to hear from you. Double eight, double three. What do you think is going to happen at the New Zealand Rugby Awards? And do you think that the All Blacks uh, deserve to win it? Double eight, double three. Flick us through uh, what you think are your messages on the Temper Bed Post, a text machine. And we will get to more of those shortly. We'll also kick off Dagger's donation a little bit later on. <laughs> and start thinking about nicknames, because we're going to talk to you about nicknames in a bit as well. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. 627, you can call us anytime, 0800 150 811, or give us a text on the Temper te- uh, Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. And a reminder, too, that uh, Chemist Warehouse, good buggers that they are, are giving us a uh, fragrance pack uh, each day for text of the day this week. Chemist Warehouse is the real house of fragrances this Christmas and all at unbeatable prices. And a few texts coming through. Is he on double eight, double three? 
Yes, a couple here. Who cares? Rugby's dying. Administrator of the year, Mark Robinson. <laughs> a bit of tongue-in-cheek there from an unknown text, text message. Appreciate your, your message this morning. NFL officials under the pump as well. Been a lot of weird calls in that comp lately. Did you see Paddy's Mahomes uh, meltdown when they lost to the Bills? Ref hates the Finns, and he's in regards to the Dolphins. That is from Brett. I did see that. Did you see that, Rick Dog? I did. Uh, a false start. Which cost them a touchdown when uh, they hit Travis Kelsey and then he threw it back like a rugby play. Oh, and uh, they, they a scored a touchdown and they pulled it back. Yeah, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was interesting because... The it, right I, call. It was uh, Technically, it's the right call. Paddy Mahomes' argument mm. is it happens all the time and it never gets called. Yep. It was happening all game and you wait until that play a minute from the end of the game to call it. Yeah. That was the issue that he had with it. Because, you know, there are things like, you know, it's like if you're driving, is he, in a 50k zone, you know you can probably yeah. get away with 60. So if you get mm. if you get a ticket at 51, you spew it, even though it's the yeah. right, it, it, technically it's right, it never happens. Mm. And I think that's kind yeah. of similar to what Paddy Mahomes has been talking about. Yeah, yeah how far the rest gone and the big moment. The dying seconds to beat the Bill Bills, and uh, that happens. No, you did right, and it'll be interesting to see if they officiate this throughout the rest of the season now, because it's had a lot of exposure in the media. Now they've got to be on guard because everyone will be looking at it and saying, "Why didn't you pull that up? Why didn't you pull that up?" So, yeah, watch that space, Brady. Yeah, watch it indeed, and keep your texts rolling through as well. Double eight, double three. We'll have some news headlines for you real soon. We'll also have a love racing update before six o'clock, uh, before seven o'clock, I should say. And a reminder: after seven, Liam Messam is going to be on the show. Also, Paul Eiffel at around seven forty. You got uh, questions for either of those blokes? Send them through to us. Double eight, double three. And a reminder: we have that fragrance package care of. Chemist Warehouse for the best text of the day as well. At 6.30, here's Johnny Mack with the latest in news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Kia ora and good morning. It is 6.33 and time for some sports headlines for you. Power through to the end of the year with Bunnings Trade and uh, plenty going on. Uh, mate, we talked to Bima, uh, Baz the other day. Uh, and uh, we talked about England, the test side. We didn't get around asking him about Matthew Mott and whether or not he might be running the white ball side as well uh, soon, but things aren't going well for Matthew Mott. They lost the first T20 game to the Windies this morning as well. That means they've lost three of their last four to the Windies in white ball cricket. Andre Russell, the star, he took uh, three for 19 with the ball. England all out for 171 before the 20th over, and then he scored 29 off 14 balls. Uh, to give the Windies the win with two overs to spare and four wickets in hand as well. So the Windies, a bit of a resurgence from them considering they didn't make the Cricket World Cup. They didn't qualify. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, mate. They've been in dire form at the moment. And for England, uh, you know, past champs, ODI World Cup champions to go and be embarrassed, you'd have to say there's a fallout from this for sure. Matthew Mott is under that. Um, because they have been horribly poor, West Indies. But it's good to see. I love it when the West Indies are, are firing and starting to be competitive. It was, it was pretty crazy to think that they missed out on the World Cup. Yeah, it, it was. It was like, what? They're not there. I mean, I know they're not as mm. storied, but, you know, the Irish weren't there. Zimbabwe weren't there. All teams that have got mm. history. The World Cup, which shows that it is broadening the uh, the depth of cricket. Uh, the Broncos are set to lock up Ezra Mann with a th- monster $3 million Australian contract extension. Uh, 
Mann reportedly rejected interest from six different NRL clubs, including the Dolphins, to ink mm. a $1 million a season uh, deal through to 2027. The tw- he's still only 20. He scored 24 tries in 38 games for the Broncos since debuting in 2022, and he got three in the grand final defeat. It's going to be the richest deal in Broncos' 35-year history, apparently. It's, yeah. Uh, what is it? Payne Haas is the other one, and there was another one, um, the number six. I forgot his name. Uh, Milford. Anthony, oh, Anthony Milford. Milford yeah. I think he was, he was the other million-dollar player for... The Broncos, they got to allow space for Walsh as well. They got rid of Herbie Farmworth and Fletcher. They've gone the Dolphins. And uh, Ezra Mann was, yeah, a million-dollar contract. They just got Kirk Capewell. They'd have released a little bit of the salary cap. As a salary cap, it's going up next year by 25%. Or has it already gone up? I think it's next year. I think it is next year. Yeah, yeah. next year it's going to have space, 25%. Man, they're making huge adjustments to the salary cap over there. Yeah, well, the and money's coming in, some, right? And the club's going, well, well you know, let's give give mm. us the money. Show us the money. Adam Fanua Blake tabled a $4.5 million four-year deal for St. George Illawarra. Yeah. Money gun around. Oh, I tell you what, that's another news story is that uh, the new uh, interim Tigers, West Tigers chief executive Shane Richardson, who was he built that South team that won the grand that grand final, right? He's that guy. Mm. Uh, he has said that they have pulled out of the race to sign Adam Fanua Blake. Mm. He's, uh, so the Bulldogs, the Sharks, and the Dragons remain in the hunt, but the Tigers won't be tabling. He said after talking to Benji, they've identified where they need to strengthen, and they reckon they've got their uh, they reckon their forward pack's already strong enough, and they're going to strengthen internally with uh, through their junior system players coming through. Wow. They've got plenty going on at the Tigers, haven't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, Who's North Faluma? Yeah. He's coming unfit. He's under the pump. And he's laying, oh, he's sitting there, putting a line in the sand, isn't he? Well, I mean, if you're Nofaluma and you go, you have a, you have a sook because they re- he reckons mm. training's too hard when he's come back. And then they sign mm. Solomon Alamalo. It's like, bro, you can't really be having much of a sook. Or you might be looking for a new club. You might be going running around in Super League or something. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, there you go. Those are some sports news headlines for you, and we'll have more a little later on as well. Power through your end of year jobs with Bunnings Trade now, Rick Dog. Yeah, I keep, I keep having a giggle. I yes. keep having a giggle because I keep reading that thing you put on this run sheet. <laughs> the nicknames. Come on, you got to read them. Oh, I got I got a message from a mate yesterday. He he copied a chat out of uh, I think it must have been a Twitter feed. And or an X feed as it's called now. And this one guy's gone. Working class white lads have the deadliest banter. There's a guy on our work site who has one arm. They've nicknamed him Octopus. <laughs> and the next one's the best. <laughs> Read it. Yeah. And then somebody's replied says, "Mate, you think that's good? I work with a guy called Anthony. He's only about five foot tall. He gets called Shetland Tony." <laughs> <laughs> It's so good, man. And there's some doozies out there. Double eight, double three. Your nicknames, some that you've heard of, some that you call your mates. Let us know. Double eight, double three. You want to win that Kevin's Warehouse pack, isn't it, Rick? Oh, I can't stop giggling at that last one. That is so good. It's, it's, Tony. There's nothing better than a clever nickname, eh? I was, I was, I remember uh, uh, talking to a mate of mine, and he said that they there was a guy that they worked with who had one leg slightly shorter than the other. And so when mm-hmm. he walked, his head moved side to side. <laughs> right? And his, 
his nickname was Sniper's Nightmare. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's just clever. That's just clever, right? <laughs> That's so good. Oh, oh my! I see. I've never. We're not really creative here. I reckon. Look, oh, particularly in the rugby, you know, you go Doocy, Dan Carter, like you yeah. know, Bobby, because it's Bob. We called Robbie Furong Furon Bob. You know, like, <laughs> Dagger. My last name's Dag. Like you got. There's some creative people out Kim there. P. They would have some doozies. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Uncle. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I uh, want to hear from you. One of your best nicknames because there's there's bound to be plenty out there. I mean, I I, I played football uh, in this team. It was my old man's team, and so mm. and I, my first year of senior football was his last year, basically. So he was, I think, he was thirty seven, and I was seventeen, and they had this guy's mate of theirs. Uh, Phil, who took training and uh, did some preseason, and behind the old Howick Soccer Club, there's a hill that's like that, like like it's a real steep, steep hill, and it goes up probably about three stories up to the road. And uh, mm. he had us doing sprint training up that preseason to get fit, right? So, and it was around. I don't know if you remember it, but there was a big Vietnam movie called Hamburger Hill that came out in, the, in the, probably mm. the late '80s. Yeah, he got nicknamed Burger off the back of that because he was Hamburger Phil. And then because his name was Phil, and then and then it just became Burger. So there's there's plenty of those stories. eh? just kind of been thinking about thinking about those nicknames. Shetland Tony. Oh, that's that's made my day. Made my day. If you've got something that can compete with Shetland Tony or Octopus, uh, let us know. Double eight, double three. The Temper Bed Post Text Machine. We are twenty away from seven. When we come back, we're going to talk some love racing and get through some more of your texts. Double eight, double three is the temper bedpost text machine. Keep them rolling through. Uh, we are talking nicknames this morning because we've had a had a few come through. After something that I saw online or got sent uh, from online uh, with a couple of great nicknames, and uh, we've had a few more come through on double eight, double three. We'll get to shortly. But Daggy, you got a couple that uh, Corey Jane used to call you. <laughs> are, they, are these safer was, on air? They're there. He was the worst. Everyone knows uh, Corey Jane used to call me the bald eagle. Because <laughs> I had a receding hairline, so he used to come up, hey, the ball, eagle! And, and then he used to call me McDonald's, because I had a big M on the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had a good, he had a simple, but a, a one that this Ian Foster hated it, but we used to call him Iffy. Because on his bag, it had IF for Ian Foster. So we go, hey, Iffy. <laughs> He'd absolutely hate it. Uh, Corey Jane, very good at coming up with nicknames for a lot of the players. But, yeah, the Bald Eagle, McDonald's, and Iffy was uh, a couple of them that he used to roll around. All right. Keep- oh, he's the worst. Keep your texts coming through. Tell us those stories. That's what we want to hear. Double eight, double three. A reminder: we've got that fragrance pack from Chemist Warehouse to give away to the text of the day. Uh, time for a love racing update. Loveracing.nz, your home of thoroughbred racing. Come on, Dagger, hold it together. Go Racing's talented European import Skyman has crossed the ditch to chase Group One glory. Previously based with champion Sydney trainer Chris Waller, Skyman has joined Stephen Marsh's Cambridge Barn this week and has been prepared for some lofty assignments this summer. The winner of nine races and more than one million in prize money, Skyman has been named aimed towards the Group One Thorndon Mile at Trentham next month and the G1 Herbie Dyke Stakes at Tarapa in March. He's been terrific horse for us, Go Racing's Matt Olnut said. We purchased him from the Tattersall's Horses in Training Sale in Newmarket, England in 2019. We only paid 42000 
uh, guineas for him. So he's proven to be great value. Chris Wall and his team have done an absolutely outstanding job with him. But he's just got to a stage now where he's under up in the handicaps and hard to place in Australia. So the decision was made to bring him to New Zealand and give him a crack at winning a Group 1 race here. The majority of his ownership group are based in New Zealand, Wellington especially, so it's a great opportunity for them to have him race on home turf and uh, get a thrill out of that if he wins, lose or draw. While he has yet to line up in a Group 1 company, Skyman has been successful at listed level in Australia on four occasions, and earlier this season he's finished second behind subsequent a $10 million Golden Eagle runner-up Pericles in the GR2 Tramway Stakes and third in the GR3 Craven Plate and Listed Ladies Day Cup. He's been terrific horse all the way through. He's certainly got good form around him. While the thorn, with the Thorn de Mile being at set weights and penalties, he should get in with a really good weight. And as long as he adapts to New Zealand and settles in and does everything right, he'd have to be a chance. The son of Mukadram arrived in Marsh's racing on sun, Sunday night. Stephen said he's set him well. And he looks good in his work and he's moving well, all nuts said. The whole team is excited to have him here. And yesterday, Paulie Moati came on the show and he tipped out Syndicato that race yesterday in Hastings while it won and paid $5.30. So if you listen to Paulie Moati after 8.30, he would have got you paid. And off up the waz, well, it didn't run too well. Daggers donation, Kempi's kicker is today your chance to have a crack. We've got a $50 TAB bonus bet. Send through your options. Ricardo will pick a couple. I reckon we do a do a two or three four-leg multi Oof, brick dog. Wow, okay. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon oh. we have four. Yeah. So we pick two each. Okay, so you send through your options. We'll chuck them together. And we'll get you paid. All right, sound, Why not? Sounds good. Sounds good. Double eight, double three. Love racing. NZ for all your thoroughbred <laughs> racing news, previews, replays, profiles, and more. Mark is just texting through. Morning, boys. That McDonald's and explanation made me spit my coffee out. So funny. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't funny at the time, mate. I hated it. <laughs> I bet. I bet. But you're good now. You're good now. Uh, Craig's also texted through. One of our mates knows everything, and he's never wrong. We call him Google. <laughs> Simple, you gotta do the football one. Oh, the 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 football. All right, okay. Here's the football. We played football with this guy. He was a short, stumpy guy with hairy toes. We called him Dildo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh man, keep them coming. Double yeah. eight, double three, and your Kempi's kicker daggers donation as well. Yep, double oh. eight, double three. The tip of bed post text machine is ten away from seven. Yeah, we're four away from seven. Double eight, double three. The temper bed post text machine. We have a fragrance pack from Chemist Warehouse to give away every day this week. Thanks to uh, Chemist Warehouse, of course. And I uh, had a text here from Steve uh, Stephen who said, uh, "Good morning, gentlemen." Just like to give a massive thank you to you guys and all the team at Chemist Warehouse. Came home yesterday to a nice little bottle of DC10. Very nice indeed. Great show. Always, uh, as always, best wishes, Steve-O. There you go, Steve-O. You're one of our winners. Well done, Steve-O. Well done. Well done. What does it smell? Have you had a, had a whiff of DC10? No, I haven't. I, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm thinking a mix of old jockstrap and liniment. Uh, what, mm. are you, what, are you, what are you getting? <laughs> 
Oh, I reckon something along the lines of Lynx Africa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chances that no, DC is listening DC. to this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have to clip it off and send it to him. But keep your text rolling <laughs> through double eight double three. I'm not. I'm just not much of a fragrance guy. I don't. I actually mm, don't own okay. any. I don't have any. Okay. Yeah, what do you do? Your traditional roll up. Yeah, just the, the old, roller under the pits. Yeah, the roller under the pits is good enough for me, mate. Away you go. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks very much. A um, few more texts that have come through. DJ Timmy, there was a guy I uh, knew called Keith, uh, and he had lost an oh. eye, so we used to call him Keith because um, that's taking the eye out. <laughs> <laughs> Keith. Keith. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> for, for years, my husband and I have referred to each other as mummy and daddy. Just a thing until it pops out in public. A few years ago, a store manager wanted the husband's attention, so she giggled, waved, and called out, Excuse me, daddy, across the shop. <laughs> oh, no. oh, there's some absolute doozies coming into the text machine. Get the Read a couple more. Come on. All right, then. Well, Paul in Harwater uh, texted through. He's probably milking cows as we speak. He's in morning team. A mate of mine is called Blister because he always turns up after the work's done. Uh, and another mate's called Frog. He's got a younger, he's got a younger brother. Yet they've got a nickname Tadpole. <laughs> so good. I've got a couple of mates that uh, have the same nickname. Yeah. We call them Long Day. Because, <laughs> man, when you're with them, it's the longest day ever. They're just long days. <laughs> oh, we want to hear from you. Double eight, double three. Keep your texts coming through. Oh, uh, we have a we, we have a fellow. You know those guys that walk around like this, like they're like they're yeah. real tough and like they're they're massive. Like mm-hmm. you know, uh, we have a fellow that walks around like he's carrying two canoes. So we called him a rural walker. <laughs> <laughs> that one's from Luke. Yes. Oh, uh, a little man. bit, a little bit of inventiveness going in. And Rogers said we had a prop at the under 19s called Seven Cylinders, mad as a cut snake, and he put, uh, and he, but he put in 100 percent every time. Um, they called weight, yeah. So uh, yeah, Seven Cylinders. He's just not quite firing on all, all, all eight. I think is <laughs> the, it's the thing. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, there are some great I've got, I've got, out there. I've got a couple I can't say on radio, but it's, you know, like we can be pretty ruthless out there. <laughs> I was going to say, there must have been some gold ones kicking around the, the ABs or the, or the Satyrs or Hawks Bay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Corey Jay, I'll try and think of some of Corey Jay's because he come up with some, uh, some, some goodies. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if I could say them because we'll probably ruin them because they used to be. Brutal, yeah, straight to the heart. Any, if you had any deficiencies with your appearance yeah. or something on your face or your body, yeah. Oh, I used to get called mud guts, mud guts, <laughs> mud guts, because when I'd bend it like over, it's just full, pure rolls, so it looked like mud. <laughs> so they used to call me mud guts. <laughs> Here you go, muddy. Oh, oh shut up. Oh, outstanding. Double eight, double three. I had about 300 dick names. Yeah, it sounds like it. (laughs) Come on, McDonald's. Here we go. Uh, (laughs) uh, Coming up shortly, Liam Messam's going to join us. So uh, I wonder, he's no doubt got a couple of great nicknames. Same with Paul Eiffel as well. Your text for them, double eight, double three. Here's Johnny Mack with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. 
Kia ora, good morning. Welcome to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast at four past seven on your Thursday morning. It is Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at Night and Day. Plenty of text still coming through on nicknames. You want to hear your best nicknames. Uh, this one, there is no name on the text. Please do chuck your name on the text so we can give you a shout out. But we had two Chilean guys who used to work for us. They were both called Jose. So they had to be Jose and Jose B. Hose B used to kick off a bit, which made it even better. <laughs> oh, that's a goodie. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, that I is golden. I uh, want to hear more from of you from those as well. So double eight, double three. Craig said, uh, not really a nickname, but I worked with a guy called Lars. Uh, he was often late for work, and when he was, the, uh, was there, he didn't work particularly fast, so the boys said that Lars stood for late and really slow, mm. um, Yeah, which is not bad. I Actually, I've got a guy, that Sean, uh, uh, who uh, plays guitar in my band, who is perennially late. If you want him to be anywhere on time, you've got to tell him he needs to be there half an hour before he actually needs to be there. And uh, so yeah. we, have a, we have a thing called ASAP, uh, as Sean as possible. Um, that's so that... <laughs> <laughs> well, our next guest is nicknames Hunger. Oh yeah, and I'm, I don't know the reason why his nickname is called Hunger. Um, I've heard stories. He's a bit of a hungus uh, when it when it comes to uh, putting his hands in his pockets. I wonder if that's what it's referenced to. But we'll have to find out. But Liam, Messon, I won't say it to his face, but he was the worst of the worst. I remember we were playing a test in Australia, and I'd kick the ball down to the goal line. And I tackled in and Adam Asher Cooper over the, the goal line. We had a, I think we had a five metre scrum. So we, it was, you know, a play that was needed a couple of minutes ago. Anyway, I get up off the ground. I'm wandering back. Instead of coming and giving me a pat on the back or, or a little, you know, high five, he comes up and he grabs his two hands and he wipes them over my receiver. <laughs> and he starts, he starts pulling my hair forward. And I'm thinking. Are you kidding me? Like, he's just come out and he's the worst at ripping me out about my McDonald's head, my bald head, Liam Messam. I think he's on the line now. Hunger, how you doing? Hey, boy, check out we brother. <laughs> I'm good, mate. You are the worst of the worst when it comes to nicknames. I just spoke about Corey Jane calling me McDonald's, the bald eagle, and you used to jump on it with as well. Hunger. What is the hunger? Uh, oh. It's a long story, so I'll try and keep it short, but uh, obviously I'm from the school of Titch. You know, Titch is mm. quite hard on his nutrition. You know, when I first yeah. got up to Hamilton, the, uh, all the players took me out to dinner, and they took me to um, some Chinese yum cha place. And like, I, was, I was in shock. I was like, there's all this grease everywhere, all these noodles, and all this deep fried food. And I just I sat there, and I told the, the boys, oh, no, no, it's all good. I had um, dinner before I came. I didn't realise I was going up for dinner, so I sat there for like three hours, like just in hunger the whole, the whole time. <laughs> and then when I got home, my flatmate saw me having a big munch, like having not a big munch, having my boiled chicken and boiled broccoli. And he goes, "You know what? Your man's going to be hunger." <laughs> so, that's how it happened. So it does make sense. It does make sense because no, 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 no. You didn't want to eat. You didn't want to pay for it because I've heard stories of you going out for team dinners, going out for team dinners, and you and Jose Gear going in the team room, taking the drinks out of the drink cabinet, and taking the cream rice. No, that's Jose. Jose Gear was very famous for making a, a cheap tasty, making a cheap tasty, keeping us twenty five bucks for dinner. 
<laughs> oh, it's so good, but hey, great to have you on the show, Hunger Mate. Uh, you've been you've been doing plenty over the last couple of, couple of years, but you've just announced your new role with with the Chiefs, mate. Is it is it been in the pipeline for a while? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's, it's been a couple of years in the making. Didn't have the uh, the face for radio like yourself, is he? So to go get a real job. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, it's, it's, it's been awesome. It's uh, it's been a different challenge, but nine to five. Um, and try and keep the mental capacity going for the whole day, but uh, slowly getting there. Mm. Uh, Liam, you, your official title at the Chiefs is athlete development coach. Um, what is what does that actually entail? What do you what's your day to day roles? What are you going to be working with these young fellas on? Uh, yeah, it's an interesting role. It's uh, just actually trying to keep these young fellas on their toes um, in training and uh, making sure that they're working hard or understanding what working hard is, uh, especially in the gym and taking those shortcuts. So. Just keeping a you know an eye over them and um, giving a bit of morale boost in the gym if they need uh, a spot or whatnot. Um, and then on the field, just helping them with their skills. Um, same thing, just just keeping an eye on them. And um, I don't do any of the tactical stuff. I've got some awesome coaches and that, that do that role, so I just sort of chip in when I need to and, and uh, make sure that the boys are you know living the standards of what it means to be a chief. Um, and then obviously doing a little bit of pathway stuff with, with John O'Gibbs. Which is it's been really awesome. Um, just learning, and yeah, I'm just a sponge at the moment, just taking a lot in. Um, obviously, I've played the game for a long time, but this is the other side of the game, which uh, you know, I'm just being, you know, a rookie again, and just really learning everything I need to learn. You got a new coaching group coming in, John Gibbs, yourself. You got Marty Burke um, under, underneath Donk, uh, Clayton McMillan. What's that been like with with a lot of new coaches coming in? Have you pretty much tried to add your own touches to the environment, or just kind of uh, find where we need to be, we can, you know, have you, uh, your bit of advice. Yeah, no, it's an awesome uh, coaching group. Um, they've been together for a while now, and I think Marty's mm. been coached with the, that coaching group at, at the Bay of Plenty, so they, they know each other. Um, they yeah. have their, their, um, their structures and their systems um, in place, and, yeah, I, I just go in and I just make sure that I'm aligned with what the um, with the language that they use with the, the boys and the skill that they want the boys to use, and, um, I just go out there and just they yeah, just another sort of voice for the lads and uh, making sure that I'm aligned with the coaches and, and what they needed. And, and Jono's the same. And I think Jono's got more of a role of helping the coaches as well because he's had a fast experience, especially in Europe as a coach. So he's just um, helping the coaches be better coaches. How much development goes into these guys that you're working with that, that encompasses life outside of footy? You know, because we hear about guys that maybe whose careers get cut short for injury or whatever reason, um, and how prepared they are. You know, whether it comes to budgeting or or having some sort of other education. How much of that is going on uh, with the chief setup? Yeah, there's a lot that happens. I think it happens in a lot of uh, most uh, Super Rugby franchises. Uh, they have the PDM um, schedule where they work on on life on things outside of rugby. Um, I think well, we're in week two of our preseason now, so we. For myself, I haven't um, experienced any of that. It's just all about being, uh, getting ready for, for the season and working hard. Um, but I'm sure there'll be a, a point in the time of the season where uh, yeah, we have to help these young fellas come through. And it's great to see that the support that they have. Um, as you could say the same, we didn't have that when we were at our age. Mm. Um, it's awesome nah. to see that these young fellas uh, get the support and, and get um, the things that they need to, to really succeed to be an athlete and a professional athlete and hopefully for, for a long time. Yeah, now Liam, you'd agree that uh, DJ Forbes is one of the fittest men you know. Yep. 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 
I talked to him last year, uh, or it was earlier this year, I should say, before the Fight for Life that he took part in, and he said he was absolutely blowing after his first boxing training because it's a different type of fitness. Is that something you're going to look to, to, you know, to incorporate into into the Chiefs? Take some of your boxing background in there and maybe uh, get them a bit more lung capacity. Yeah, we've had a couple of sessions already. It's a little lung buster that we do on a, on a Friday. Uh, it's a little bit of a boxing um, boxing station that the boys can come to me. Uh, to, if they want to, but uh, yeah, not many have put their hand up to come across. They um, seen a few boys struggle with me already, so yeah, it was something that we're gonna we'll hopefully check in. I know the boys are pretty keen to do a bit of technique and a bit of skill um, during the year because I think they're all fighters now and puff their chest up. But um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> you have to give a clap around the ears, Hunger. Hey, um, what about your boxing career? You're undefeated and you're starting to make uh, waves in the in the boxing world. Hey, what do you love about it? You, you feel like you, you give it a, a decent crack, and where do you want to get to in, in boxing? Yeah, oh, I love my boxing, Izzy. It's um, mm. it keeps me fit and healthy, and I've always um, had a passion for boxing since I was a kid, so so I had to sort of do it mm. as a part-time job. It's been pretty awesome. Like it's a, it's a sport where you have to put everything into it. You can't, um, you know, you can't muck around. You got to make sure you know you're, you're doing the work because you don't do the work and you get caught out in the ring. Um, Mm. I'm going to take it to, I'm not sure, just, just with a new job, bro, nine to five. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I can, this is the earliest I wake up because it's a uh, busy dad being ringing me, so um, I'm not sure if I can wake up at five o'clock and, and get a gym session in before work and then another one after work, but that's something I'm going to um, you know, figure out and work out. It's, uh, yeah, like I said, my second week or two week on the job, so um, got to get a, a life structure in place. Um, and then yeah, we'll see what happens after that, and if, if I can make it work and definitely get back in that ring. Does does age play a part in? You're not saying you're old, but like you know, you had a hell of a rugby career. You've played a lot for the Chiefs, Test matches. You've been around the world. Now you're getting into a, a boxing career where you're undefeated, and like I said, you, you're beating some formidable opponents. Does age play a factor with potentially making your decision to? to <laughs> Maybe just fight 100%, for fun? 100%, bro. 100%. <laughs> Probably 99% of my last training camp, I was like, I'm too old for this. I'm too old for this. And every day I don't know, what am I doing? What are you doing, Hunger? You're bloody almost 40. So, and then you get to the fight, you have the fight, you're like, yeah, I can do that again. So, yeah, it's, it definitely plays on, on the mind and, and the lungs. Um, you just you keep pushing yourself. But I think if you didn't question yourself, you wouldn't keep doing it, you know? So. Yeah, you... Mm. you, you there was some talk about you uh, wanting to to add the uh, New Zealand heavyweight title to your uh, list of achievements. I mean, how realistic do you reckon that is? Yeah, well, I had a crack at it. Um, I think it was last year, but unfortunately, my opponent got um, injured, and the work that has to go into fighting a ten round. So at the moment, I was I'm only fighting four rounds, like, and that's a lot of work. And then to, the work I had to put into do a ten round, I was just like, I do not know how Tyson Fury and these other bigger lads go twelve rounds all the time. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, the thing that I'm going to have to um, think about again, especially with uh, being a working working man and, and paying my taxes, so um, just to see if I can put the time and effort into it. I like calling myself. Oh, hunger! <laughs> You're not a working man, mate. About time <laughs> you got a job, job man. You've been the job. I'll, you've been living. I'm you my, you've been. I'm sending you my profile by eight thirty to to four forty five. I think it says on my contract. So, <laughs> so that's a job, bro. <laughs> Oh, eight thirty. That's a late start, brother. I'm up at four thirty. Lash goal, but I'm off yeah, at nine. Hey, 
You're right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, just looking looking towards the season, uh, you, you've you've lost a couple of players. You got Peter Gasso, Kula. You got Brody Retallick, Sammy Kane's on a on a sabbatical. That's a whole lot of experience that's less the Chiefs. Um, who are you looking at to this year to fill that gap and, and maybe lead this this Chiefs one better this year? Yeah, that's, that's a lot of experience gone and a lot of caps on the Chiefs gone. And I guess that's a, another part of my role was to help the, the young leaders come through. Um, so, yeah, at the moment we're just working through that. Um, Aiden Ross mm-hmm. is a, a great example of a, of a great leader. Doesn't say much, but he works bloody hard. Um, another another prop actually, George Dyer, he's I think going to be a, a great leader one day. Um, but you look mm-hmm. guys like uh, Luke Jackson when they come back from um, their six month holiday. Um, our All Blacks, you know, um, Anton Antonina Brown, he's actually coming a couple of times into training, looking very very um, sharp for this time of year. Um, so he looks like he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. So uh, you look for guys like that to, to really lead, and then um, younger players in, in the group. Like we're not asking them to be Sam Kane or Brady Vitalik, we're just asking them to to be themselves and and to be uh, to be a chief. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to to see where this group of young uh, leaders can get to. But it's an exciting mm. part, uh, new exciting start for the Chiefs. It feels like uh, 2024 Super Rugby season is going to be a real bit of an unknown. You know, we've lost so many players, not just the Chiefs, but across the franchises and so many coaching changes as well, mate. I mean, uh, how are you guys viewing it? I, I guess it's a little bit harder to predict what everybody else is going to do. Yeah, it is, it is a little bit harder. Obviously, a few change of head coaches in, in different teams. So the way they play maybe might be different, but uh, we all know what everyone's doing at this time of the year. <laughs> all out there sweating and <laughs> Bring the lungs out, so um, yeah, I guess we just have to get, to get closer to, to the season um, and pre-season starts and then see where, where teams are at, so it's, uh, I think it's going to be another great um, great season. Um, if you go off the NPC um, and the product of, of a style of rugby that was played there, I'm sure um, you know, uh, Super Rugby is even going to take to another whole other level. Liam, did you ever come close to playing NRL, playing league? <laughs> You know what we do, Dagger, we chuck it into our negotiations. Oh, I'm actually talking with, um, <laughs> with the Broncos. And they're like, oh, here's another, here's another joke. Oh, sweet, thanks. <laughs> but, uh, nah, I never, never, never came close. Um, trained once with the Warriors, I think, when I got back from France. But uh, that's the closest I ever got. And as a, you know, but it's, uh, it's great to see uh, young Solomon Alamalo give it a crack. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be a great, great league player. Um, he's tall, fast. Um, he's going to get up and, and get those high balls. Uh, Liam, uh, we're at that time of year, mate. We're actually 11, if you haven't done your shopping yet, we're 11 days away from Christmas Day. Uh, what do the Messums get up to for Christmas, mate? What are your plans? We actually did our shopping last night on Click and Collect. Well, my, my, my beautiful fiance done it for me, so I'm very grateful. <laughs> um, but uh, the Messums will just be here at home. Um, yeah, just eating, swimming, Um that's about it. I mean, I suppose we'd be looking for Santa, so, yeah, that's about it. Hey, I told you, he ain't going anywhere, mate. He's tired as anything, old hunger. <laughs> he, won't be, he, won't be going, he won't be going. He'll be going out there, going down the local uh, back roads, chopping down a pine tree, taking it home. Let's go, Liam Messam. Yeah, that's, it. that's my Christmas tree, is, is one from down the, the forestry book. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. Uh, Appreciate you coming on, Hunger. Um, good to catch up, no boy, and um, 
Have a Merry Christmas, eh? And hopefully we can catch up soon. I know I was with Beaver for the last month, and he's really looking forward to yeah. catching up with you over summer as gig. well. What a gig. Hey, is there any uh, Christmas codes for, uh, for, the, for your listeners? Um, <laughs> surely. Surely. Got any Christmas codes? What do you mean? Yeah, for your bloody hairline. <laughs> Get you know. out of here. Double Get out of here. So, oi. Did, <laughs> hey, hey, I'll tell you a wee story here. So all the people that gave me stick, Liam Messam, Corey Jane, a couple of other players, for being bald? Wow, wow, wow. Karma, isn't it great, eh, Hunger? Hey, it's good old age, mate. It's wisdom. It's a little bit from the top, mate. <laughs> It's the solar panel, mate. It's the solar panel. Keeps powering you. Come solar see me, panel. mate. I'll look after you. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Oh, you get some ID oh, for your Christmas. Yeah, beautiful. Good stuff. <laughs> Thanks very much, Liam Messer, but with us. And uh, yeah, have a, have a great break, bro. Solar uh, panels. <laughs> Ricardo. What? <laughs> you don't heard that before? No. Oh, okay. That's a good one. That's good. All right. I'll start calling you solar panel. Uh, you're listening to Izzy and Kimmy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse giving you healthy this summer. Yes, you can call us anytime, 0800 150 or you can text us on the, the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. Uh, we'll warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee, starting at $4.50 at your local night and day. Of course, it is tradies hour, and we've got plenty of texts coming through from blokes on the tools and off the tools, uh, because we are looking for your best nicknames, and there's been some beauties <laughs> come through already. Uh, but I like this one from Joe. I had a boss we called Noodle, because he thought every job could be done in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Two minute noodles. Oh, I love that one. No, oh. I've been giggling at that one for a while now. Yeah, there's some there's some gold ones coming through, so we want to hear more from you. Keep them coming in. Uh we got a guy at work whose eyes point in opposite directions, so we call him split screen. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something CJ would say to you, mate. Uh, it's something brutal. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, so double eight, double three, keep those coming through. Because of course we do have a prize for uh the best text of the day we've got every day this week. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse Fragrance Pack. Get more gift for your dollar this year by shopping the range of big brand fragrances from Chemist Warehouse, whether it's a stocking filler or the main gifting event, Chemist Warehouse have you covered. Pop in store or head online today okay so that's uh that that's a bit of an incentive for you we have a few other texts coming through because we we're calling it a daggers donation now but the old kempy's kicker um <laughs> got, a, got a few come through for that as well cam in cambridge he likes something at tarapa race one mm. moved to strike and then at trentham okay. race seven chico mojito top four mm. ah, like that cam he's got an opportunity to come into uh, kempy's kicker daggers donation we're going to take uh a four-legger. So we need uh, two options each. So make sure you send them through with your nicknames. Keep them coming. We're loving the show, and we're loving your input as well. Yeah, uh, Morena, guys, my pick for Kimby's kicker is a two-leg multi. Both Aston Villa and Spurs to win at $3.34 this weekend. Uh, or you could go the Bulls to beat Leon in the rugby at $3.80. Have a great day from Barry. <sighs> Ooh, yes. Nice. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Double eight, double three. That is uh, the Tempet Bedpost text machine. Uh, We've got loads of texts through on the... on the nicknames, but we've also got a few from something else we talked about a bit earlier about, you know, we were talking about the NFL 
and how the the, mm. the, the, the the official was coming under a bit of stick. And we talked about the yep. Paddy Mahomes incident, the guy getting called for uh, offside, even though that had happened all game and they didn't call it until the last minute. Uh, he says, mm. Charlie says, why don't they ever award the scrum penalty at every line-out throw? Every hooker stands on or over the line. Then at the resulting scrum, penalise the scrum half for feeding the ball into the second row because that happens all the time as well. Yeah, look, there's a lot of, uh, well, if that was happening, man, the game would be completely boring, wouldn't it? How many stoppages that, that's causing. We're already at a situation where there's no ball in play. It's horrible. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, there's a line in the sand, you know, and now it'll be interesting to see what the NFL referees will do. Are they going to officiate this to the letter of the law and right on the money like they have with that call with Patrick Mahomes, which cost them in the game in the end, or will they let it slide? be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I think it's just consistency is what all that players and coaches want, mm. right? Like, if you're going to call it, then yep. call it from the first minute. Don't let it go yep. all game and then call it in mm. a play that actually means something. So I, I get where the And I think we'll see more now. Yeah. Because they'll right. show support for the referees and making that decision, and now they cannot take an eye off it because if they do there will be replays galore and it's just an absolute uh, lolly scramble for, for media outlets to have a say. <laughs> They'll go through and play every single scrimmage. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it, it'll be online but the Chiefs against the Bills in the last minute it was a 49 yard play Great throw from Mahomes, mm. great catch from Kelsey, who then draws defenders and then turns sideways and quarterback throws it across the field to a wide receiver to run in the touchdown. Um, so it was a brilliant That was play. the spare of the moment too. I yeah. saw uh, the Kelsey Brothers podcast talking about it and he asked them the question and Travis Kelsey just said, nah, I've just, just seen it and, and a spare of the moment. And it was the perfect throw from about 30 metres. Right across the the other side. There's a question I get asked all the time. Why do they not install a lot of rugby plays in the NFL? Because you can pass it backwards as many times as you want in the NFL. And I'll get asked all the time. I said, oh, well, no, it's probably risk fee reward. When you do that, that probably brings in the fumble, turnover, and, and, blah, and so on and so on. So, I don't know. Might have started something here, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he might have. He might have. It's good. I remember... I remember um, uh, was it Zinzan Brook? I think it was against South Africa, or at least it was in South mm. Africa during that World Cup. It was one of the two. And he got the ball probably, I think the All Blacks were about 30, 40 yards out from the opposition line. And he looked across field. He got off the back of a ruck, looked, had ball in hand, looked across field, and one hand, like, gridiron passed it out to the winger. <laughs> a rugby ball. <laughs> yeah. I remember Albie Matheson did it a couple of years over for Munster. He, a quick throw, he did an uh, NFL throw about 40 metres infield, and I think they actually scored from it. Um, so look, there you go, little comparisons from, from either codes. It's yeah. good to see. can work, it can work. Um, uh, keep your texts coming through, double eight, double three. We'll get to more of those shortly right now, though. Time for news with Johnny Mack, thanks to Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. 25 away from 8 o'clock here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Kennards Hire, make your job easy. Kennards.co.nz. Sports headlines for you now. And uh, plenty going on in the world of sport at the moment. And uh, the GOAT debate has another stage. Lionel Messi's into Miami are going to play two matches in Saudi Arabia early next year, including one against Cristiano Ronaldo and his club Al Nasir. 
The Miami is set to take on Al Halal at the Kingdom Arena in Riyadh, Jan 29, before facing Al Nasir, the same venue, Feb 1. Messi and Ronaldo have faced each other on more than 30 occasions in their careers and have won 13 Ballon d'Ors between them. The Argentine leading that race 8-5. to five. I think that's probably all she wrote on, on, on that front, is he? Yeah, have you? What's your take on it, Lionel Messi? See, I was a Cristiano Ronaldo fan, mm-hmm. um, just because Manchester United, when he went there at a young age, what he was able to do for the club, absolutely love it, watching him play. But then I've I've kind of been put off him a little bit lately. Yeah, um, okay. Just some of the things he's he's done. I know there's a lawsuit with Binance that's happening at the moment that probably dampened his credentials and. And then shooting off to Saudi Arabia, and yeah, no disrespect to Saudi Arabia for sure, but because you know Lionel Messi's done it with Inter Miami, but I've probably gone towards Lionel Messi now. Yeah, yeah, I think mm. so. I mean, he's won a World Cup, and for me, that's yeah. like at the end of the day, yeah. you can't go much bigger than that, right? He, and it was, I wouldn't say single-handedly, but he was the big driver for that winning that World Cup. So yeah, mm. Messi for me. Hey, uh, what about this? You always need a hard man in your team that's going to make sure the opposition don't try and bully your boys, right? Uh, but Golden yep. State Warriors forward Draymond Green was ejected after last night's loss to the Phoenix Suns after receiving a flagrant foul for hitting Joseph Nurkic in the head. The ejection is his third of the season, and now he's going to wait for a league review for a possibility of another suspension. Uh, Green's three ejections have tied for his most in a season and were only quarter of the way through. His first came after he picked up two technical fouls against the Cleveland Cavs on November 11, the second against the Minnesota Timberwolves number, no, three days later when he put Rudy Gobert in a headlock. The NBA suspended Green for five games after the latter incident, uh, but the league is citing his history as a repeat offender for the length of that suspension. So what's he going to get this time? Mate, he's, he's cooked, isn't he? I reckon. There's something, something not quite right there. Like, three ejections, he's always in the heat every time he plays. You never, ever question someone's uh, physicality, aggression, uh, aggression but th- that, that one was a pure swing-around punch to his face. Yeah. And it could have been more. It could have been blood-drawn. And you'd have to say the Golden State Warriors are probably getting a little bit fed up. Steve Kerr, Stephen Curry, he's costing them a wee bit. And there was talks, what do you think, with uh, Andrew Wiggins a yep. couple of years ago and, and that little spit, and then Jordan Poole. Um, there's been plenty. You know, like, there's been plenty. Stephen Adams? Stephen Adams, he's probably the thorn in that environment at the moment. They, they're probably going to start doing something about it because he's costing them games. Yeah, he is. He has got to, yeah, got to keep an eye on that and see what the NBA mm. do. Uh, and, oh, surprise, surprise, uh, called by, was it... Um, Tom Decent, uh, I think it was. Um, Eddie Jones officially been named Japan head no. coach six Has weeks he? after quitting the Wallabies. No. I know. Uh, now, spe- you kidding me? Yeah, hard to believe. Speculation was rife that he would return after Aussie media reported that he had interviewed for the job during the World Cup campaign with the Wallabies. Uh, the 63-year-old denied 14 separate occasions that he was being linked to the job, uh, but then also told rep- reporters that he'd been living away from his Japanese wife while he coached Australia. Uh, Jones quit the Wallabies after two wins and nine tests in January, including a worst ever, uh, since taking over in January, the worst ever World Cup performance where they failed to make it out of the pool phase. Have we got that clip? <laughs> 
Have we got that clip I sent through or nah? No, well, I don't know. Yeah, Robbie's got Robbie's got it. Robbie is on fire. Come on, Robbie. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. I said no, mate. I've had no discussion with them, mate. I haven't been speaking to anyone, mate. Well, I've never had a job offer from Japan, mate. There's no offer. So is Japan an option? I don't know, mate. You have to ask Sydney Morning Herald. They seem to know more than me. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. mate. This is the biggest joke of, of the year in terms of Eddie Joe's. The worst kept secret in, in rugby's history. And and for me, I feel like Japan rugby is taking a step backwards. What's, what's he done? Bet South Africa in 2015 made a movie about it? Yeah, that's about it. Uh, Mate, on, that, on, that, on the basis of that, it. they'll be signing Beaver as well because he made a movie about something he did 100 years ago as well. <laughs> you know? they're, they're chasing a Grammy at the moment, an Oscar. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't understand Japan Rugby's decision to, to go down this line. Like He got shafted out of England. He went over and pretty much destroyed Australian rugby. And now he's going to Japan where Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown have done a wonderful job in getting them to a place where they are competing on the international level, Tier 1. And now they've gone backwards to reappoint. Why don't they appoint... They've got Japan rugby to a situation now where they are competitive and people are starting to take notice. Yeah, You cannot tell me, for the life of me, that there is no one from Japanese heritage that is a capable of coaching Japan rugby. Yeah. Well, they've, they've had League One going long enough. They've got plenty of coaches in that system. Um, Why don't they pick within? That's a great question. Well, that was a, that is a great question. I think it's it's a Can't lot. It's it. a lot to do with perception, to be honest. I think uh, and and honour. Uh, but anyway, there you go. The sports news headlines. Keno, to make your job easy, talk to someone who's taken the Keno today. Nineteen away from eight. When we come back, Paul Eiffel joins us. That's a quarter away from eight. It is. Uh, Tradies Hour here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Night and day's got the right tools to brop a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Grab one today. We've been talking about nicknames. Uh, and double eight, double three, the best nicknames you heard. Uh, Scott and Titarangi says, we've got a mate called Yo-Yo because his wife's got him on a string. Uh, quite like that one. Quite like that. It's harsh. <laughs> a man who's uh, probably got more than his fair share of nickname stories is Paul Eiffel after years as a professional footballer. Morning, Paul. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Very good. Thank you. That's the story, mate. Ify, is that is is that as good as it got for you? <laughs> um, I had a few coaches called me different things. Um, <laughs> when I was when I was coming through, my first coach either called me Rifle or Trifle, depending on how I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Um, oh, that's my, good. But my my favourite favourite nickname was a was a person I used to play against. He was a Barbados international, or he should have been a Barbados international. Actually, he never he never. Uh, had a call up, but his name was Fitz Hall, and his nickname was One Size. One Size Fitz Hall, brilliant, <laughs> love it, I love oh, it. Yeah. Hey Paul, I got to say congratulations, mate. Uh, a new job for you, the head head coach of uh, the current New Zealand uh, champions uh, in in Wellington Olympic. Uh, congrats! And how long have you been having uh, those conversations before the announcement? Yeah, a, f- a few weeks. Um, we, we'd been talking once they knew that I was leaving Christchurch United, um, and then things moved moved quickly um, as the sort of season ended. It was it was not done, but it was done pretty quickly after that. Um, obviously, with the way they were going, um, it was it was quite interesting to be able to watch the end of the season um, and think that that could be my job moving forward. So I'm, I'm glad they got across the line. I think 
my thoughts were that I'd be coming in to try and get him across the line next year, you know, in the National League. But having done that, there's a little bit more pressure on now to sort of keep that standard up. Yeah, well, and of course, you'll have the Oceania Champions League and potentially a Club World Cup as well, mate. What did you make of Auckland City uh, yesterday uh, pl- playing uh, against um, uh, the Saudi team with Benzema and Fabinho and Kante? I saw something like uh, the, the entire uh, wage budget in New Zealand football for a squad in the National League is something like $7,800 because it's supposed to be amateur, right? And the are saying that N'Golo and Kante make that every 19 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think that shows you the, the disparity. Look, I, I thought they did really well. Um, it was always going to be a really tough ask. Um, I thought they were they struggled a bit in the first half, but I thought certainly in the second half they played some good stuff, kept the ball. Um, we're unfortunate on a couple of occasions, but it shows where we're at at the moment. I think there's a long way to, long way to go, but... You know, for those players, one experience, um, you know, amateur footballers from New Zealand to get him to share a pitch with, you know, probably one of the greatest French players of all time um, in, in Benzema. So that's pretty cool. Very cool indeed, mate. Where do you think New Zealand football's at? I mean, you've been here long enough now that you're kind of, you're on the inside, but you, from when you arrived to where it is now, how do you rate the growth? Yeah, look, I think we're doing a decent job. Um, I think there's been a lot of growth actually in, in the women's space, which is really cool. Um, I think in the men's space, it's gone well as well. I think if you look at, you know, the, some of the independent academies out there, like your Olays, I think you look at what they've produced. Um, those, a lot of those players now are playing for New Zealand, which is, which is great. I think the Phoenix have done a good job over the last few years. And I think obviously with the with the new team coming in, I think that's only going to add to the competition. So I think, you know, if you come back in five years, I think we've been in a really good space. So I think it's growing. I think we just need to accelerate that growth if we can. What about the expectations of this uh, new Auckland team that's yet to be named with a, a big-time owner coming in? Can you see some potential for, for big names potentially playing for the Auckland outfit with the, well, the money at their disposal? Yeah, I think so. I think if you look at somebody, you know, Bill Foley coming in, I, I don't think he's going to um, do things slowly. I think he's going to come in and try and be the premier team straight away. So I, I see him working behind the scenes at the moment, trying to trying to get people across the line. But I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's one or two marquees that are of a level that we've not seen before, which is quite exciting. Yeah, it'd be very exciting, mate. Very exciting. I'll tell you what, at 32 and not being first choice at Forest, how much of a statement would it be to get Chris Wood over as a marquee? Yeah, I, I think he's probably a year or two away. I mean, look, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm sure they're having those conversations, but I would imagine Chris, at the level he's playing at, could he get another gig for one more year? Maybe, but you know, you talk, you are talking next year, so it, it could happen. That would be a massive statement, and I'm sure Chris has got a few friends that um, he could talk into coming over as well. Speaking of statements, the pool of death, Group F today. I know you're a Newcastle fan. They're taking on AC Milan. How do you see that playing out, mate? Oh, this is a head head versus heart one, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I uh, I can't. I just think with the injury problems we've got, I don't know if we can get a result. Yeah, you know, a draw might not work, not be enough. Um, we probably need to win it at home. Oh, I'd love I'd love them to get through. It'd be a massive massive statement. It's it's been a great season up to now, but the injuries are starting to take their toll. So yeah, look, fingers crossed. I'll certainly be watching and, and cheering the boys home if they can do it. It'd be great. Are you surprised that uh, given the PIF backless team that they haven't done more in the transfer market so far? Uh, yes and no. I think I think that was the case they were going to, but I think they're now looking at what Eddie Howe's done 
and he's done it. I wouldn't I wouldn't say on a shoestring budget because that wouldn't be the case, but um, probably less than they expected. They're going pretty well. I think they're going to see where this ends up first before they really go and splash the cash. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it does fall apart over the next little while because of this. They'll go hard. Um, maybe in January or at the end of the season, sort of going into next next season. Whispers of Jose Mourinho. Yeah, I, I, I love Jose, but I think his his time is done. Um, I'd rather mm. them look to do something a bit like Brighton have done. I think Brighton forecasts really well, and when when they know that somebody is off to a bigger bigger and better job, uh, you know, i.e. Graham Potter. I know it didn't work out for him, but they already knew that Deserby was going to be the next guy. Zerbi's come in and done a fantastic job. He'll be off probably in the next year or two to the, you know that next job. And but Brighton will have somebody that's that's working in Scandinavia or somewhere else that they've already earmarked. And I think that's where Newcastle can be better. Yeah, good stuff, Paul. All right, mate. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on, and uh, congratulations once again on the yeah, new well gig. Done. Appreciate it, guys. Cheers. Go well. Paul Eiffel there with us uh, talking a bit of football. Actually, there's live Champions League at the moment. Manchester City are one nil up. Away in uh, Serbia against Red Star Belgrade. I'll keep you up to date with that and more games getting underway uh, at 9 o'clock. We are 7 away from 8. We're a couple of minutes away from 8 o'clock here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It is Tradies Hour with night and day. They've got the right tools to rob out of a coffee from just $4.50. Make sure you grab one today and keep your texts rolling through as well. Double th- eight, double three. Of course, we do have that Chemist Warehouse fragrance pack to give away to the text of the day. We've got one each day this week. Uh, so we're looking for the best nicknames and we've had plenty come through looking for more of those. But also, Kempi's kicker always we like to call it now Daggers Donation. Uh, we are looking for four options for our multi. So uh, what are your tips for the weekend? Double eight, double three. Send them through. And then around 8.40 this morning, uh, we'll go through and we'll choose a few. We'll chuck a $50 TAB bonus bet on. If it comes in, we'll split the proceeds between all the texters. That is how it works. In the next hour, Paul Mawadi from the TAB, who is going to be on site for Chasing the Fox. Another man that will be is one of New Zealand's uh, surfing greats, Billy Stearmate. He is up after the latest in news and sport, which is right now with Johnny Mack. Thanks to Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Kia ora, good morning. Uh, welcome to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast at four past eight. Uh, Izzy, uh, looking looking pretty serene there, mate. It looks like the uh, the sun must be out in uh, in in North Canterbury because you got the curtains closed now. It looks pretty bright in there. It, it just sounds like it's Ricardo and Robbie for breakfast on SCNZ <laughs> with those tunes. Come on, Robbie, play something we all know. Now, nah, look, that was a good tune. It had a good 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 feel to it. You know, good summer vibe. Mm. Um, I never heard of it, but I, I liked it. You know who ZZ Topper? Who? ZZ Top. Ah, I heard of it. That's easy, <laughs> that's ZZ Top right there. That's ZZ oh, Top. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I need to um, expand my music uh, credentials. Uh, I've been told that a lot because okay. there's only so much doof doof you can listen to. <laughs> Um, which I'm trying to. I'm getting into a little bit of um, country at the moment, playing a little bit of country in the house with Luke Coombs and and, and so on. Um, Tesky Tesky Brothers, I think they played in Christchurch the other the other oh, day, yeah. and they got a they're quite a big band apparently, and they're a bit of a country country 
country band. So, look, I need to be better. Yeah. Mate, That's what I'm trying to do. You should check out a bit of Rival Sons. I reckon you'd enjoy them. Mm. Rival Sons. Check okay. that out. Rival now, Sons. All right. Now, yeah. we, we have been uh, asking people to send through texts on double eight double three uh, for best nicknames. And we've had uh, plenty. Uh, there, there are still more coming through. Um, you'll love this one, Izzy. I have a mate who started losing his hair in his late teens. He started to resemble Mahi Drysdale, so we've called him Mahi ever since. That one from Kenny. Yeah. And <laughs> so good. There's another one from Mahi Drysdale. We, like all those workhorses out there, um, you know, like your Matt Todd, your people, like, we used to call them Mahi Drysdale too because they obviously just get into their Mahi. So anyone that's getting into their mahi, uh, that's a goodie. Love that's, it, Kenny. Uh, and Will from Auckland said, hey, fellas, our boss at work has a lazy eye, so his nickname is Mortgage Eyes. One is fixed, the other is variable. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best. I love it, Will. Thank you. Oh, oh. That is outstanding. That is outstanding. All right, keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. Now, Chasing oh. the Fox is happening today in Auckland. It is a charity event where teams of athletes are chasing Ryan Fox and uh, trying to catch him uh, for charity. It's all, t- all tied in with I Am Hope and part of uh, the Olympian team is surfer Billy Stearman. He joins us now. Uh, morning, Billy. How you doing? Morning, boys. How are we? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Are they, are they, are they big on nicknames in the surfing world? <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple, actually. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty small in stature, so uh, and I'm, you know, obviously from New Zealand and... Uh, the Hobbit coming from New Zealand. I'm um, I'm pretty named, named the Bilbo after you know one of the Hobbits. <laughs> oh, they'll be pretty ruthless in, in that surfing world, mate. Um, you're gonna have a few nicknames after this round this uh, today, though, mate. How's the golf game? Oh, bro, I'm actually so nervous. Eh? <laughs> I play quite often, but I'm not that great. <laughs> so, what's your plan of attack to chase the fox? I don't know. Well, it's, yeah, it's a different type of game. I don't know. I guess like it's an Ambrose game. We're, we're teamed up. Um, I'm with Eric Murray and Simon Child. Um, so, yeah. yeah, hopefully I'm not the biggest hitter and, I, I, you know, I'm pretty safe at times. So hopefully I can help out in some sort of way. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Well, you only have to take one of your shots every three, right? And I think you have to take one of your drives. So if there's a par three, just take your drive on the par three and you'll be sweet, mate. <laughs> Yeah, I'll get the driver out on the par three. Hopefully that'll be sweet. <laughs> Mate, how'd this come about to be a part of the Olympian um, team and uh, and be a part of it? Um, I don't know. I'm just a massive fan of um, golf and obviously giving back in yeah. some way. And um, I saw uh, they were doing this event again. I, I saw some cool videos and everything come out from last year. And um, I actually reached out to them and, and seen if there, there was any spots Mate. available, even just to come along and, um, be a part of the day and, and enjoy, you know, the the, the laughs and, and the good times with everyone. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to, to be a part of it. And um, I don't know, I've been emailing and messaging all the boys, like, far out, what do I do? What do I wear? Like, where do I freaking park? And can I use the clubhouse to get changed and stuff? I've never done anything like this. So, it's, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Mate, you gotta you gotta represent surfing. So you'll be wearing your your boardies. You gotta wear your singy and go out there with your, with your zinc on your eyes, your sunblock, your jandals, mate. Just go out there, represent surfing through and through. How do you prepare for that? Like you've talked about it. Like are you are you out on the range? Have you been going to the range? Going to the putting greens? Yeah, bro. I was actually thinking of wearing a wetsuit on the golf course. Eh? <laughs> Do 
it. Three, do it. Three no, mil- no. Is it a three miller today no. or a five miller? Uh, I'll wear my four three with a hood, put some booties on, maybe some gloves. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I've, I've only been home for a couple of weeks, so um, yeah, I've been mm. trying to play a little bit. Um, played up in Raglan just recently. I actually got an eagle for the first time, which I'm pretty stoked about. Wow. Um, but yeah, like I played up in Auckland last weekend. I mean, I'm I'm playing often, but I'm not getting any better. <laughs> <laughs> how how long have you been playing golf? Um, I've been playing a while on on the tour. I I started um, when I started travelling with Tommy Whitaker uh, at Oakley and um, kind of caught the bug. And we've got a bit of time, a downtime, you know, in between events and and lay days. And if the swell's flat, we kind of like to switch off and not do too much on the body so get out on the golf course and have a little hit around and um heaps of the boys on tour do it so yeah it was a good uh good time to start back then and um yeah like i say i haven't like fully got into it had any lessons or anything like that but i feel like i'm progressively slowly getting better and it's it's just a bit of fun out on the course well the the day you think you've made it and you've got good at the game of golf it just humbles you it humbles you, and uh, there'll be a bit of humbling out there on the golf course today. Is, is that part of of life when you when you're in the surfing world and and that's your career? There's a lot of time to to go and hit the golf courses. Is that what a lot of you do? Yeah, for sure. There is a lot of downtime and and in between events. You know, we we travel quite mm. often, so um, we try and you know like to switch off and and get together and, and uh, get out on the golf course and. Um, it's a really good, like, yeah, like I say, to switch off and put your mind on someone else. But also, it can be frustrating out there on the golf course, as you probably know. And um, it can you can get quite angry at times. So sometimes it's not, you know, for the best. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good thing to focus on and try and work on. And um, yeah, I love it. Eh? It's so much fun, and it's good to get everyone together and have a bit of fun out there. Well, there's no, uh, there's no. Um... No, no stress today, really, mate, because you've got to follow in the footsteps of John Key holing out a hole-in-one last year. Have you been picturing that happening? Bro, I've been watching that video every, like, freaking every day, pretty much, eh? It's been quite scary. And then, like, there's another video that uh, Sean Johnson's teeing off and there's some people in front of him, and I'm like... I'm picturing myself to like, you know, maybe get a bit of a crowd out of the way just in case I don't shank one or like hit someone on the first tee box or something. I'm quite nervous, eh? But um, yeah, it should be fun. I've been working on my box breathing lately, so I'll be able to slow the heart rate down and get it get it down the middle. Mate, in terms of um, the guys that are going to be there, I know uh, there's some there's some pretty big names. Is there anybody in particular you're looking forward to maybe having a brew with afterwards? Honestly, everyone there, eh? Um, I look up to all those guys. I, I've spent a, bit, a little bit of time with like Damien and Anton before, so it'd be good to see those guys. And um, and the rest of the crew, I haven't really like um, met or hung out with too much. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to you know meeting some new people. And obviously, we're there for a really good cause. And um, I'm mm. sure it'll be an awesome day. I think there's a big golf that has heaps of things going on during during the day. So. Yeah, I'm going to go up around lunchtime and spend the spend the afternoon up there, and I'm actually going to fifty cent actually after that. <laughs> You're fifty cent. Yeah, they're, they're what'd you say in the Auckland? Like, yeah, fifty cent the concert. Oh mate, cut it out! I didn't even know he was playing. Oh, how good! You got a big, big day ahead of you. Yeah, hey, get a couple of tubes in you before you yeah. shoot off. Maybe mate, celebrating yeah. the win, beating Foxy. 
<laughs> that's the plan. Yeah, I've seen some interviews and, and his videos, so he's pretty amped up for the day as well. So, yeah, it should be fun. Well, speaking of amped up, mate, you must be absolutely amped next year, attacking and, and having a crack at Chopu. You surfed it before. What are the challenges heading to Chopu, the big wave in Tahiti? Yeah, um, honestly, I'm probably more nervous than teeing off on the steep box. <laughs> nah, um, it's gonna. <laughs> nah, I'm looking forward to um, Paris Olympics. Um, mm. uh, yeah, it's a very challenging wave. It's very intense. Um, the real big and scary, dry, shallow reef. You know, uh, big, powerful open ocean wave. So, um, yeah, I, I've never. I've surfed it once before, and I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to putting my best foot forward. And it's another challenge to. For me to you know to strive for and, and trying to achieve that goal of getting a medal at the Olympics and uh, there's a lot of preparation and a lot of hard work that'll go into it. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the journey ahead. It's an interesting one, mate, because I, I you know, I, it's, it's funny talking. We talked to Ryan Fox yesterday, and for most yeah. of us, going for a surf or going for a game of golf is a way of relaxing and unwinding from your daily <laughs> daily grind. But obviously, <laughs> for you, that is that is your job. So. Uh, if you've got a little bit of time off for summer over Christmas here with the family, what do you do to unwind? Yeah, well, honestly, we don't have too much of a turnaround. I've, I've got nationals in January in, in Dunedin and on the 7th of Jan. Um, so I've probably got a few weeks over Christmas to kind of just hang at home. And um, I am training and, and Olympics will come around pretty quick. So um, my training program is a little bit different to normal because uh, – because of the waves and the intensity and, and the paddle power you need and things like that. So, yeah, there's a lot of um, stuff going on at the moment. And, you know, I've got events like this and, yeah, and nationals. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty quick turnaround, but I am enjoying being home. It's been a busy year on the road and it's good to be home with wifey and the animals and I'm playing a bit of golf with the boys and, I've, I've, you know, I've been fishing and surfing and trying to fit it all in while I can and, and enjoy my downtime and my time at home. Correct me if I'm wrong, Billy, but I think last year you got the most national titles. You beat Mayor's Quinn. Was that was that right? Was I reading? Uh yeah. I've I've got eight national titles now. Um, I won last year. Yeah, started last year, yeah. I think, from memory. Um, yeah. So I'm looking to. Yeah, I want to get as many as possible. I want to get like that unachievable goal of like ten or eleven national titles. Um, yeah, I want to keep going until I can't go no more and. Yeah, it's always, a, it's always a good start, starting in the Nationals and, and obviously winning a National title at the start of the year is a good confidence booster and um, I feel like I, got, I gain a lot of momentum if I do win or do well, well in the Nationals and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I love Benetton and it should be a fun week down there. Oh, we'll be looking forward to it. I caught up with Ricardo last month over in, uh, over in the Gold Coast, had a good chat with him. He was obviously our last surfer on the WSL, mate. How, how close are you? Is that something that you, you're keen to, to tick off and, and maybe be a part of your resume? Yeah, Rick's a legend. I, I, I miss travelling with Rick. We had some fun times and, mm. you know, he's such a legend. He was like a little uh, bigger brother to me on tour and... Um, yeah, I've always looked up to him, and and yeah, the, the WCT has always been a goal of mine, and um, mm. I, I've been close at many a times before, and I feel like it's just there. Um, unfortunately, this year there was a few like you know things that didn't go my way in heats, and a close couple close mm. calls, and things like that. And I, I feel like you know there's a lot of luck involved in surfing, so um, I yeah. feel like I'm I'm still surfing at the top of my game, and I'm fit and healthy, and uh, luckily I've got a few sponsors that you know help fund my trips and help me to get to all these events and and do all these amazing things so 
um, yeah, I, I feel better than ever, and I'm looking forward to the challenge ahead of, of uh, Paris and hopefully make that WCT as well. That WCT, the new format, you, you're a fan of it? It obviously allows surfers that uh, are on the brink an opportunity to have a crack. Is that something you're looking to, to do next year? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the regionals is pretty cool, um, and, the, and yep. the challenges. You know, uh, doing the regionals first is obviously cost costly for us. It, it works out in our favour, so I just have to travel to Australia and do a few events. Um, and then once you hit the or make the qualify for the challenger events, you, you travel internationally around the world. So um, yeah, I, lo- I love the challenges as well. You go to all these amazing destinations like Snapper Rocks and and Portugal and yeah. Brazil and all these beautiful places and um, you get to surf some pretty good waves. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully getting on that one again and, and cracking that WCT. I'd love to get on the WCT and, and travel the world in those really good waves like Pipeline and Tahiti and mm. uh, Bells Beach and all those fun places. So, yeah, that's obviously still a goal of mine. Billy, there's a lot of blokes who have uh, who put the surfboard away probably about the end of January this year and will be dusting it off again, getting ready for the holidays this year. Uh, have you got any... I guess any tips uh, for, for 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 part-time surfers to to sort of get back on the board? Uh, anything that you recommend? AKA Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> just, just get out there and just get out there and enjoy it. You know, it's, I feel like the the water is so um, it's almost healing in a way. You feel so refreshed and relaxed after you're kind of salty. You feel like you've done something during the day, and I always feel so amazing after a surf, whether it's good or bad, and. Just coming, getting in the ocean is, is so refreshing and, and good for the soul, and um, yeah, helps you get you into summer. Obviously, the water's warming up a little bit. It's not the greatest weather here in Raglan at the moment, but there's waves around. So um, yeah, just get out there and enjoy it, and, and enjoy summer and, and outdoors. I've got a bit of a problem, Billy. I'm, I'm a bit too heavy, oh. a bit too big, so oh. I don't really fit on many surfboards. But I had a crack at <laughs> kiteboarding. Uh, I mean, flightboard. Oh, yeah. The flight board, you know, with the foils and the motor, I had a crack at that. Have you had a crack? Had a go on those, mate? They are awesome. They're starting to take off. I haven't actually been on a foil before. They look quite fun. There's a few around here in Raglan, and I see one or two in, in the harbour here as well. So, yeah, how'd you go on those? Did it, did it go right? It was good. It was good. It was a little bit easier than I thought. You you got a remote and a motor, and you just lie on your guts. You get up on your knees, and then you stand up, and you start going faster, and it pops up on the foils. I think it's going to take off. I absolutely loved it. It was good fun. Yeah, it looks, it's probably it looks super fun. Yeah, the closest thing I'm going to get to surfing a, a wave anytime soon, Billy. But, uh, mate, we appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. All the best today, mate. That first shot. Thank you. Get up there, own it, tell them you're going to smack it down the middle and just go for it, mate. Don't talk okay, yourself in, into boys. doubt. Keep your eye on the ball, eh? That's the number one thing they reckon. Sea <laughs> ball, hit ball. Yeah. Thanks very much, Billy. Keep, keep your head down, mate. Keep your head down. Have a good one, Billy. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. No worries. 8.21 here. So that these, these, these flight boards you're talking about, how do they work? Yeah. So it's like a wakeboard, mm. and they've got a, a fall underneath it. Yeah. And it's got a motor on it, and you've got a remote in your hand with a little strap. So you lie down, and then you push, you go up the gears, and then once you're going a little bit faster, you get up on your knees, and it's like cruising along the, the, the water, and then you stand up, and you basically go faster. Once you create enough speed, it pops up onto the foil. And so you're pretty much hovering on top of the water on the foil, like, a, like one of those yachts. Uh, the race sailboats, and um, 
you yeah, you just turn and you manoeuvre, and it's quite. It's, you got to get. It's like if you're a skateboarder, and you want to do a manual. Yeah. On your back leg. You do that to pop it up on the fall, but then all your weight's got to be on the front because if you have a lot of your weight on the back, it'll just pop up and, and you'll fall off. So it's a bit of a challenge. We did it, Beaver and myself did it in the Gold Coast for mm-hmm. the first time. Absolutely loved it. Very expensive though. I think 15 grand each. I was like, hell. Wow, oh, mate. Yeah. What you want, you just want one of those um, big bells. That'll, that'll, that'll float with you on it, mate. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. What I loved, mate, is you don't have to paddle and, and duck dive through the waves. You can just ride over the waves. <laughs> <laughs> so good so uh, good uh, yeah. now, uh, this is Izzy Kempe for breakfast thanks to Chemist Warehouse keeping you healthy this summer 8.27 on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast Double eight, double three. the Temper Bedpost text machine we have our text of the day promo running and there's a fragrance pack from Chemist Warehouse available for the winner there you'll find the perfect gift for your loved ones this Christmas at Chemist Warehouse uh, this one has uh, just come through from um Henry said, uh, we had a bloke named Aspro, as he was a really slow-working dope. Uh, we also had a bloke we called Abbo, because you could never find him. He was always on walkabout. Oh, no. <laughs> no. That's, that's a bit far. Oh, oh, and then uh, Jamie's texted through and said, we went to school with a guy called Peter Grace. When we were in sixth mm. form, he dated a third form girl, so we called him PG-13. PG-13, oh my gosh, there's some doozies coming through. How are we going to pick the winner? I have no there's idea. There's some goodies. Yeah, some there's great some ones. goodies. Oh, good luck with that. Yeah. And we still got our Kempe's Kicker Daggers donation. Send them through. Uh, still got a chance. We've got to pick two legs each, Ricardo and myself, and uh, we'll get you paid. So Cam from Cambridge has sent through two legs. He's got a chance. I know Simon from Auckland has sent through a couple. Barry... Uh, there's been a through coming, a uh, couple coming through. Yeah, uh, Kevin, Kevin, so Kevin coming. Yeah, uh, Waikato on Saturday. He's saying Warren Kennedy aboard Complicate. We'll have to have a look at that. See what, mm. that, see what that's doing. Maybe that's a question for Paulie Mawadi um, when he comes on. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yep, definitely. Right, we'll Paulie Mawadi. He'll be full of himself because he tipped out Syndicato yesterday. And he, sh- insu- he made sh- he made sure mm. to send me a message. And he never texts and he says, Mo, did you get on Syndicato? It got up. And I said, oh, did you did you tip that out, Paul? Do you want me to give you a pat on the back? Well, mate, he's, he's on a bit of a heater, actually, because I think last week he tipped out a couple of winners as well, uh, which is pretty good going for Paulie. He normally, he's, yeah. he's, I mean, we call him Ankemi for a reason, you know, because uh, he normally <laughs> stops things. But uh, he's actually been going all right. So we'll have to see what other goods he can give us. Uh, Paul Mawadi coming on shortly. Right now, though, here's Johnny Mack with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Check out the Grand Tour at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. It is 28 away from nine. Paul Mawadi joins us. G'day, Paulie. How are you? Very good. Thanks, Ricardo. Yes, looking forward to a big day. Um, and it's good to see at least one Manchester team doing okay in the Champions League. But I'd rather be, well, I'd rather they both bombed out, to be honest. <laughs> of course you did. Um, I, you, you sound a little bit chirpy today. Did you, oh, did you tip a oh. winner yesterday? <laughs> Hope you got on, boys. Syndicato, it drifted, so you can't have got on. Uh, I didn't get on. Oh, only thing I was on was on a tractor out in the paddock trying to <laughs> be uh, country clueless. So I missed it, but Syndicato got up. Did many of our, our listeners follow? Was it well-backed? No, it wasn't. No, no. I mm. think um, it started 
just north of $5. So um, those who did get on, well done. Uh, had to fight all the way, um, but a win's a win. So we'll take that. What was it paying, Paulie, in the end? 580 or something when you tipped it, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was a bit shorter than that, um, mm. and it drifted out to a, um, to around north of $5. So, um, yeah, I got a little bit. You got a little bit? That's that's the main thing, Paulie, so long as you got paid. <laughs> <laughs> now, Paulie, uh, we've got a, a big day, obviously, on the golf today. What what uh, can punders at uh, tab.co.nz expect uh, from today for Chasing the Fox? <laughs> well, in terms of punting, not a lot, to be fair. Right, OK. Um, so, And you're supposed to be working. He's why? on holiday, mate. He's not working. <laughs> He's on holiday. no. I'll be doing I'll be doing a few things out there uh, at the uh, Grange, the Royal Auckland uh, Golf Course. What are but, you doing? Uh, don't don't worry about that, Izzy. Yeah, staying hydrated, hear, probably. Oh, no, no, that's not going on. I can hear a tinge of jealousy in Izzy's voice that he wasn't picked to play in the All Blacks uh, threesome in that um, McKenzie and his mates uh, will be representing the All Blacks today. Well, it's a bit like, um, you know, rugby. You've got to start at the NPC level, then you, you finally make the super rugby, and then you get to the big time. I'm at the big time. Those boys have got a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> now, actually, so are you on course? Yeah. Are you on What's course that? yet? Are you on course no, yet? No, not yet. No. Okay. Okay. Well, then what are you doing here? Okay, you're giving us absolutely nothing for chasing the fox. You're gone on holiday. Let's talk about some. I'm going to get some racing in quickly because Saturday, yep. meet two at Tarapa, it is a hell of a field. And I'm looking at race two, and you've got Tokyo Tycoon taking on stablemate Quintessa. Where's the money going? Uh, Tokyo Tycoon. And I think Tokyo Tycoon could be better the day on Saturday. Um, mm. What well, currently a dollar eighty-five? Uh, this was the gun two-year-old of last season, and mm. I see no reason why we won't see that that very same Tokyo Tycoon going around on Saturday um, as he builds up uh, to the uh, Karaka Million three-year-old classic. So, yeah, Tokyo Tycoon who open up at around two dollars. Uh, has been very well backed uh, in that three-year-old race at Tarapa uh, on Saturday and is now into a dollar eighty-five. So money on Tokyo uh, Tokyo Tycoon. And that usually means uh, he's ready to go. So uh, Opie Boss on aboard, got a handy draw. Um, yeah, it should it should be an easy watch. These things aren't always like that though. Uh, but I do think Tokyo uh, Tycoon might just be a wee bit too good. Uh, for the stable mate, uh, stable mate Contessa, as and the rest of the field as well. So, yeah, dollar eighty-five currently Tokyo Tycoon. I think Quintessa's uh, Stacey Jones and Cameron George's horse, isn't it? So, they'll be hoping that you're completely uh, off the mark, which probably won't be because you're on a bit of a heater at the moment. But the Sky City Hamilton Waikato Cup takes place later that day. And we've got a bit of a stacked field. There's been a lot of chat about Dionysus being ridden by Warren Kennedy. It is 
uh, moved in from three dollars sixty. Starting is at three bucks. Has anyone else got a chance? Well, the money would suggest no, because as you uh, correctly <laughs> mentioned there, Dionysus, who opened up uh, on the second line of betting, is now equal favourite uh, with the Tiako runner, Aromatic. Both now $3, Aromatic and Dionysus. Um, so the money has come uh, for Dionysus, so there must be quite a bit of confidence uh, around the stable for the chances of Dionysus. Outside of that, uh, the Robbie Patterson-trained Mary Louise, um, mm. Taranaki, they've been going okay um, over the last month or so um, and so Mary Louise isn't without uh, her friends and Kenny Rock um, trained by Chris Wood um, has been there or thereabouts the last few starts um, gets uh, the ace draw this time with Joe Doyle aboard $6.50 it's been a wee bit of uh, money for Kenny Rock as well but the best back in the uh, Waikato Cup uh, for this sad day at Tarapa is number four, Dionysus, through, uh, to be written by Warren Kennedy, the Wizard of Woz. Now, it's good that you mentioned Warren Kennedy, uh, Paulie, because, you know, on a on a Thursday, we do, well, it used to be called Kempe's Kicker, um, but he's finished for the year now, so we're, we're just referring to it as uh, as Dagger's Donation. Uh, but it is a $50 <laughs> um, uh, bonus bet that we've got. We're looking for options. Kevin from Titarangi has put through Complicate, ridden by Warren Kennedy in race seven at Waikato, paying fives and two dollars in what looks like a pretty tight field. Let's just have a look at that. Yeah, yeah. So favourite at the moment uh, in race seven. Uh, that's a rating 65 over 2,200 metres. Is number six, Blue Sky at Night, uh, trained by Shelley Hale, to be ridden by Ryan Elliott. Uh, $5 complicate, um, also uh, paying $5. Um, so, uh, look, if you want to throw it in your, um, what do you call it? <laughs> Daggy's donation. <laughs> oh, I love it. If you want to throw it in, maybe take it uh, for a top three uh, and take the $2. Yeah. And then uh, you can maybe put your leg in there, uh, Ricardo. Uh, and I'm guessing it's going to be football related or possibly. UFC 296, because there's a big, big uh, UFC uh, bout, a main event coming up this Sunday. Uh, and I know there'll be plenty of UFC um, punters out there who'll be very, very keen to see the main event. Um, Leon Edwards up against Colby Covington. Uh, at the moment, the boys have got Edwards as favourite there at $1.64. Colby Covington at $2.20. And the boys have got a number of power plays for UFC 296. And a lot of them, well, a number of them uh, sort of feature the three big welterweight uh, belts um, that are occurring this uh, Saturday. In fact, one of the most popular power plays for UFC 296 is all three welterweight fights to go the distance. That's Luke up against Gary. Uh, Rachmanov up against Thompson and Edwards up against Covington. That's paying $9, all three welterweight fights to go the distance. Mm, nice. I actually like um, Paddy Pimlet's fighting in this, and, and he's paying $1.32 to beat Tony Ferguson. Now, Tony Ferguson's not the fighter he was, but Paddy Pimlet is a whole bunch of hot air and not much else. He thinks he's Conor McGregor, but he's probably a pub mm. fighter. I reckon Tony Ferguson at three twenty-five head-to-head is good money. Oh, oh. I'm I'm writing this one down, Ricardo, because I, I I know you love your UFC, so I'm happy to throw a couple of 
outsiders into a little multi myself and enjoy the uh, events that occur on Sunday. This uh, our time around. Right I think the uh, what starting around midday and then the main um, card starts at about four o'clock in the afternoon. So you you want to put that lawnmower away on Sunday, uh, Izzy? Hey, Paul, we've been talking nicknames. I've got one for you. Stingiwati, because you're a sting <laughs> and you haven't bought much uh, lately. Uh, look, I'm asking you a favour. If you're able to, uh, uh, just maybe uh, 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 double that kicker. Oh, it's not a kicker huh? anymore. It's a donation. <laughs> so it won't cost you anything. You'll double the donation. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Right, don't, don't forget, boys, we've got a uh, bonus back promotion on the first two races at the Palmerston North Harness today, and okay. there's a there's a hot favourite in race two uh, at the Palmerston North Harness today. Um, the bonus back promotion, of course, back to second or third, up to fifty dollars. Check out all the T's and C's at the TAB website or on the app. But number ten in race tip? two, Boys Invasion. Uh, trained by Michael House, uh, driven by his son Wilson, currently a dollar ninety, has been backed in, money on two ten it opened, now into a dollar ninety. I think that's one you might want to have a little uh, go at uh, later on today. I think that race starts just before six o'clock uh, tonight. So wow. Palmerston North, number ten, Boys Invasion, race two. Mm, interesting. All right, Paulie, yeah. hey, as Dagger mentioned, we've been talking nicknames this morning. I'm assuming that you have got some absolute doozies of people that you know. Have you got anything that's safe for radio? <laughs> oh, maybe the after dark version, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Well, hey, listen, enjoy enjoy the golf today. Have a goodie. And uh, we still don't know what, why the hell you're yeah, there. Yeah, enjoy work. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but have a good day off. And uh, we'll uh, catch up with you again next week, eh? Yeah, I'll send photos to you guys. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 17 away from 9. That is Paulie Mawadi from the TAB. Check out all the odds, promos, and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18 will announce our winner for the fragrance pack from Chemist Warehouse and also Dagger's donation next. It's 11 away from 9 on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. The time to get into it and announce someone is, uh, we've been asking you to text all day, double eight, double three. We've got this Chemist Warehouse pack, a fragrance pack uh, for them for the text of the day. So thanks to uh, Chemist Warehouse for that. You'll find the perfect gift for your loved ones this Christmas at Chemist Warehouse. And so many good texts about nicknames. Uh, Clifford, the big, uh, we had a, a big tall redhead guy at work. Uh, his nickname was Clifford after the big red dog, obviously. Um, so that's, that's not bad. <laughs> Uh, there's a few others in there. Is he uh, a mate of mine at school? Was nicknamed Yam because he had a small willy. That's from Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Uh, there's been so many good ones. So many good ones. It's been hard to pick, but uh, I think we're going to give it. Okay, Elliot was called the Mumba. Was he? For mm. big fan oh, of snakes. You can, imagine. <laughs> you can use your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're going to give it to Travis though because Travis texted through earlier we have a guy at work whose eyes point in opposite direction so we call him split screen oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he sent something else but we can't say it yeah, it's, yeah. it's good though it was gold um, yeah but there were so many good ones so, uh, honourable mentions got to go to Will for his uh, boss that's got a lazy eye which is some local mortgage eyes <laughs> one's fixed the other one's variable um, <laughs> it still gets me that still gets me so thanks boys uh, and girls 
girls for getting your text right double eight double three for that comp. Uh, and uh, now we should uh, we should announce our winners, Z, for the uh, for the donation, Dagger's donation. Yeah, Dagger's donation. I've gone with Cam from Cambridge, uh, Tarapa race one, move to strike, Trentham race seven. Chico Mahito top four, and then I've also put Murray in there. So Murray, Murray's gone for Can He Rock at two dollars thirty for a place. Trainer has always said he's a cup horse and he's got less weight than he normally has. Great bet that is from Murray. So that is my two that are coming with Dagger. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am going to jump on uh, Ryan's uh, bet here. Ryan has tipped out the Utah Jazz to beat the New York Knicks at two dollars sixty-five in the NBA today. I, I reckon that's mm. that's a good nudge. And then Kevin. Uh, from Tutarangi, he texted through earlier, and he's tipped out Waikato on Saturday. It's race seven. Warren Kennedy aboard Complicate. It's paying fives and twos. I reckon we back at top three at two dollars as double your money. Bang! There you go. What's that returning, Rob Dog? Uh, we have potential one thousand seven hundred seventy-eight fifty. <whistles> Five legs. There you go. There you go. That comes two fifty-eight. Two fifty-eight. That is good. I, I like how we did the math so quickly on that too. That was brilliant. Yeah, uh, but isn't it four? <laughs> Isn't it four people though? Yeah, well, yeah, but a thousand dollars split four ways is two fifty. Do you want us to do maths with you here, Robbie? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll do that later, mate. We'll do that later. <laughs> <laughs> it is eight away from nine. We'll catch up with McCarty next. We're a few minutes away from nine o'clock here on Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Uh, the man they call Snake, Snake McCarty, joins us. Uh, we've been talking about nicknames today. Snake, how you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. Just don't ask me where mine comes from. Oh, oh, well, okay, that's the next question, Nerf, then. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> we've had plenty, mate, uh, come through. Let that through. imagination run wild, Dagger. Uh, it's going to some weird places. <laughs> There's some beauties coming through. We had uh, uh, one from Will in Auckland saying they've got a guy uh, they work with who's got a lazy eye. They call him mortgage eyes because one's fixed, the other one's variable, which I quite like. <laughs> Oh, uh, that just shows the type of bloke I am. I'm laughing. Seriously, yeah. at it. Well, I was going to say you're the bloke I would imagine in the team, whether cricket, football, yeah. or otherwise, yeah, that would be ditching the nicknames out. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's probably true. One of my favourites. I'm not sure if I exactly came up with it, but I certainly endorsed it when I played with Jerry Collins at St Pat's Town. We called him Monty Burns. A dead ringer from Montgomery Burns. Imagine saying that to Jerry. Imagine saying that you to You did not say it to his face, did you? Yeah, we did. We all did. We all then ran really quickly. <laughs> oh, Corey Jane had some doozies for me. He used to call me McDonald's. I bet. I M on top of my head. <laughs> not anymore, mate. Money oh. well spent. <laughs> yes, it is. And speaking of money, mate, what have you got for today's show? Uh, uh, well, we've got a lot to get through. Um, hey, Eddie Jones, are you are you utterly shocked that he's off to off to Japan? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm surprised well, he wasn't reported I'm, earlier. I'm absolutely stunned. <laughs> absolutely stunned. <laughs> how do we how do we feel about Eddie Jones? Is he good for the? You know what? I find him Step so backwards. wildly entertaining. Right. Uh, I, I would I wouldn't snaky. want him anywhere Step near backwards. my team. I wouldn't mm. want him anywhere near, near my team. But I'm kind of glad he's still involved in the game, Dagger. That's just the weird personality mm. I am. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'll touch on I'll touch on that. Uh, we've got a, an under nineteen New Zealand cricket side uh, announced for the upcoming ICC Cricket World Cup in South Africa. Uh, we'll peruse across that with John Bassett Graham, who um, 
is coaching at that side. Uh, what else are we up to as he hurriedly opens his run sheet? I'm very prepared. Had to drop the car off to, the, uh, to get a service today, so I'm mm. running a little bit late um, and, and dreading how much it's going to cost me. Uh, so I might be a little bit grumpy tomorrow. <laughs> uh, we're actually going to catch up with D- Jeff Fletcher, who is the Los Angeles Angels beat writer, and it's also uh, written a book about the one, the only Shohei Atani, who uh, signed a $700 million contract um, even though it's not really worth $700 million. Uh, one of the, the most unique athletes on the planet, um, signing probably um, one of the most unique contracts in all of mm. sports. So uh, we'll try and break that down. It's quite heavy, but he, he's just an absolutely fascinating athlete. And uh, Jeff has done I just read that the Giants offered him the same deal. Yep. San Francisco uh, Giants. Like the, yeah, yeah, lots of teams wanted him. He's that good fella, so uh, that will be after 10. Uh, have a great show, McCarty. Here is Johnny Mack with news thanks to Kubota.